listening to Shoot and Scoot, the Flows of War, Team Yankee, Federation Nation, Narm and Great War podcast that tries to make sense of the weird and wonderful world of 15mm wargaming with our tongues firmly in our cheeks, our panzers flat to the ground and our dice more often than not, failing to shoot and scoot every episode. We invite you to join us on our many hobby misadventures on Facebook and here on the blog. Here on the blog? No, on the blog at breakthroughassault.co.uk listen to the podcast here which you're already doing and to shop at battlefield hobbies because hammy has been anonymously quiet i'm eddie fez turner broadcasting from somewhere in the south of england i'm joined by my co-host duncan border being the bad guy so now i'm a yank gosling i'm still hiding in the brick pit though it's safe right i've painted a million u.s riflemen so i might as well play with them parnell yeah, I'm just trying to find my polystyrene cement without a blocked nozzle, so just continue. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, blocked nozzles! It's like the... Welcome yeah. to episode 15, the one where we invade France. Yay! <laughs> so we're doing well, a hundred year war. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just going to switch it up. Well, I, I, that, that lets us derail ourselves into lots of different things, so it covers us all. We're not committed to anything then. <laughs> What are we talking about tonight, Lee? Okay, so tonight we are basically just talking about one subject, and that's polystyrene cement house and clock models. D-Day American Forces. Woo! So as we as we're recording this, um, today was the first day of articles up on the website, so it's a Saturday for those keeping track at home. Um, and we're going to look at basically the lists and the sort of... Um, the preamble before the list, and then next show we're going to look at the mission, the mission, the beach landing missions, the air landing missions, their um, uh, like catalog pages, that kind of thing. So it's a two-parter basically. Yeah. But we're also going to cover what we've been up to and those events. Ooh. What have we been up to? I hope someone would be up to think. No. So last night I did um, a beach landing mission for the first time using the noodles. So it did look good. It looked yes. really nice. So we're up in the private room of Dice Saloon, um, <laughs> with a few guys, few old hands, trying to get back into Flames of War, and basically had repeat the you know, review copy that hidden away on my computer, out of sight, occasionally nudging people as to what should be having in their forces, and ran through the beach line missions. So we had seventy-five points, I think. Um, so my side, I had, um, and we're going to like say how the missions work a bit more detail next time, but I had three Stugs, two Panzergrader platoons, and then you get the fortifications. So I had an 88 bunker, a 5 centimeter bunker, and two Tobruk MGM pits, plus the minefields and Ooh. barbed wire. And that was facing a Ranger formation, um, 29th Infantry formation, backed up by four DD tanks, and... The Thunderbolts, cool. and it went badly right from the start. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So, but the primary bombardment took out one of my um, HMGs that was attached in the Panzergrenadier platoon. Oh, so that yeah. My power. And then, because I had misread the rules, um, the Rangers managed to take out the Tobruk, but was covering the two pillboxes by Garand fire. Cause I basically forgot that the actual um, pillboxes are concealed and gone to ground to shoot. Uh, and, so, and they managed to get the consecutive miracle of rolling two sixes and then re-rolling two sixes <laughs> on the firepower. Oh my god! Oh, at that point, you know, yes, yeah. it's not a commando magazine where he shot the rock that's caused the collapse and the landslide yeah. has covered the. It, well, it's like in the problem Ryan with the, with the, with the, you know, with the old um, 
you know, the sniper guy takes out their um, pillbox or comes tumbling down yeah. the cliff kind of thing. And yeah, the, so the funny thing was, so the actual um, landing craft are completely inept. So the first two come in, <laughs> one, get, one gets stuck for the rest of the game. The third one drops off the um, DD tanks, who then basically are all paddling out to sea because they can't actually find a way to the beach for that. <laughs> but next turn, two of them sink and, and two of them do get onto the beach. Uh, so yeah, basically, they managed to win, win the game using two DD tanks. A range of platoon and two infantry platoons. And you still lost. My God. Yeah, yeah I, like I say, I, um, I think I basically, knowing now how, how that game, I know, I now see I, I really messed up the deployment of fortifications. Um, I basically had the beat. I, I, I didn't have enough fire on the beach. I had it all too far back. Right. So you managed to sort of really get off the beach quite quickly and get past the actual obstacles and get onto me. So I think next time I'd have. A, I probably wouldn't have two anti-tank bunkers. I was trying to do that kind of really cool thing of having the 88 shooting down the beach and then like a, a five-centimeter bunker acting as defilade. And yeah. basically that five-centimeter one didn't do anything. So I think next time I dump that and just have a few extra... Um, I might even have some of the mortar to brook so I can actually pin the guys on the beach with mortar fire. I, I was going to say, if you can get a pie plate of some kind in there, that would sure, yeah, yeah. keep them back. The five-centimeter seems very under powered for I mean, to be fair, they were five they were they were the short five centimeter uh, basically uh, but germans had a whole bunch of because they upgunned all the panzer three so long fives yeah um i'd say we'll get onto it a bit more next episode but one of the things that's kind of conspicuous in its absence is the 7.5 um bunkers you have eight you have the 8.8 .8, or you have the five centimeter the 7.5s don't exist anymore it's a bit weird so you either you have a massively overkill or not enough anti-tank. It's a bit. Oh, that is a bit odd. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the actual the actual scenario was fun. The guys, it got the guys' interest. They all enjoyed it. They got the grasp of the whole version four changes, like the rule, cool. um, their uh, extra orders, that kind of thing. Not quite sure it's enough to dissuade them back from 40k again. But it was it was good that they were on dice and interested in doing it again in the future. So. Well, what yeah. I can hope for. No grumbles. Exactly. Yeah, no grumbles at all. Hmm. I, th I think the, the main comment was actually that they liked the fact the rangers were now veteran. Because they always used to be trained and actually now feel a bit more rangery, which is quite good. Climbing up hills. Yep. Yep. Up, straight up cliffs. Yeah. <laughs> no mucking. They didn't have any cliffs. They didn't have some cliffs next time to actually <laughs> the rangers can climb it. But yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, just, rangers can just ignore it, can't they? Mm -hmm. Sods. So yeah, that's, that, that's pretty it. What have you been up to? Me? Not yeah. a lot. <laughs> no, no, nothing to report, really. I've not played a game since the last time we spoke, and um, I've just finished up the um, the Germans for the beach party. So they're all done now. So I've got all the Panzer IVs done. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's broadly been about it, actually. Planning my next move. I'm looking at my um, mid-war Americans now. Ooh. Only because I think that you know, if they're doing with white stars, they're basically normally yeah. ready, aren't they? So yeah, that that's more than more than enough stuff to keep me out of trouble. But yeah, just been perusing bits and bobs and trying to trying to work out what to do next. I think yeah, it's pretty much the same as me then, to be honest. Yeah, we've uh, finally built and based the uh, the Twenty Ninth Infantry Division. Yep, saw that. That was hellish, wasn't it? 
yeah, it was just <laughs> it's just amazing how much time it takes. It just disappears. It's because you got to trim those metal bases down to the plastic holes. Yeah, that yeah exactly. So, um, but now I've got the um, medium texture silicon basing stuff on there. Um, oh yeah, and then I ordered a can of Army Painter Brown. The spray. Yeah, so I'm just going to brown the whole lot to undercoat and base colour at once, and then just olive grab it out from there, which would be colour primer. Colour primer, man, it is just. I don't know what we did before it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Well, I spent a lot of time just painting things brown with a brush. <laughs> Depressingly painting them brown. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, I've done loads of work, and everything's now brown. Great. Whoop whoop. Yeah. It's like an early 2000 video game. Everything's just shades of brown. Yeah. Shades of brown, texture like sun. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, they haven't sprayed them yet. I'm off with work for another seven days in a row. Slightly tomorrow, so. Anywhere salubrious? Yeah. No. Sorry? Anywhere nice? Uh, the Azores again. So, oh, okay. Yeah, flying around the middle of the Atlantic. Which is, you know, beats going to Shoreham, but <laughs> <laughs> what a comparison? Yeah, it's not. You know. Although I did, um, I sent you a picture, didn't I? My uh, my Italian motorcycles came with me to Faro. <laughs> yeah. I reached out of my bag to pull out. You know, standing at Faro Airport in Portugal, reached down my bag to pull out my pass, and there's like, oh, well, I've got a blister of Italian motorcycles. <laughs> Just start something in the back of the aircraft. You know? <laughs> Well, I was thinking about that. I was like, how could I, you know, what, what could I take with me and kind of chip away at whilst I'm away? And, um, unfortunately, as much, as much as, uh, as much as I do love hobby, there are times when I think the weight is better spent on extra fuel. <laughs> <laughs> like being over the Atlantic. Is the... <laughs> yeah, being over the Atlantic. I think at one, of the, one, at one point we're going to be closer to Canada than we will be to Europe. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Those, those motorbikes are a swine to assemble anyway. I don't think you want to do them on the back of a, a bumpy plane or try and get them back like that. Cause... No. Well, if, if I took anything, it would be for the beach party because I'm rapidly running out of time for that. Um, but hey, you know, it's not as if I don't often leave things at the last minute. <laughs> it's, it's like you're, you're breaking your stereotype, that's for sure. That's a... Yeah, exactly. If I had got it all done really early, you'd been worried about me, so... <laughs> Yeah, where's, where's Eddie gone? Yeah, where's Eddie? Where's, where's, where's Eddie? Yeah. Um, but I do feel like Lee's going to be sticking stuff together on the on the car journey in the passenger seat, though. I, oh, I, yeah. I do think that's a real a real concern. Yeah, could you just dry brush these for me, Lee? <laughs> <laughs> I think dry brush is about the only paint technique you could write reliably pull off in the car. So. <laughs> I'm driving. <laughs> Really good blurred camo on these tanks. How did you manage that? Oh, it's, it's Fez on the M1. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like to call that the hard shoulder. Ah, <laughs> oh. so the big Lebowski. No. Yeah, the book. The book. D Day. D Day American. Sorry, D-Day, American. American. This is Normandy, 1944. Well, amusingly, when you look at the, um, the thumbnail for uh, 
on the Facebook for whenever we post an article, it says D Day America. Yeah, <laughs> cut off the A in your face. That's a cut off the A. <laughs> it's uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I miss. I can totally understand why, because when you look at all the book covers together, it's very easy to be like, "Oh, I want to play this. This is my book." But I do miss the fun names. Mm. Right to make our own own names up for it. Like over Overlord. Well, yeah, Overlord, and then you had, you know, Desperate Measures. Well, that was always the Desperate Pleasures. Yeah, I think probably Overlord's like the only one you can actually say because people will know what it is. And after that, it and obviously Market Garden books are very self-explanatory, but some of them did get a bit obscure in their title, like Net Jaeger and um... Net Jaeger. <laughs> it's so much fun to say. It is. It is. Don't get me wrong. So much fun to say. Um, Anytime you can speak yeah. with a comedy German accent, it's got to be a good time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Clink. Um, so, um, D-Day American, the cover page, has some pretty gruesome art, to be honest. I it's, it's, pretty apoc- it's, it's, it's pretty kind of apocalyptic. It's like they went fuel fury on this one. It's yeah. The good, the good bits of fury. <laughs> there was what, no holding people, back. People being, people being burnt. It was yeah. There's the guy pulling the other guy from the the brewed up Sherman, yeah, isn't there? Whilst firing his pistol. With his pistol. That's just yeah, that. yeah. That's right. I got this, boys. Don't worry. <laughs> the rather poor chap getting shot, but hey, you know. But front and center, the the amazing Sherman seventy six sploosh. <laughs> It knows, it knows exactly what you're after. And it just puts it here. You go. You're after the you're after the good Sherman. Yeah, the good Sherman. <laughs> um. So, you then got one of your very snazzy um, campaign maps. Yeah, I like them. They, I liked the um, the beaches as well. They're a bit later, but the, the artwork's nice. It's nicely laid out again. Yeah. It's um yeah it it just shows you the sweep of the American campaign. Obviously, we're British are holding up about fifteen gazillion pounds divisions around Khan. Yep. And um, the Americans go, oh, this is this is easy. What why is easy? Gonna, why are you guys find it so hard? It's just like, Leroy yeah. Jenkins. <laughs> it's gone straight through the middle. Yeah. I do like the way I went straight to breast. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> such a humor is nothing. Else. Definitely a breast man. <laughs> uh, okay, and after that, I mean, obviously, you get into like the um, the sort of credits. But I really like the fact they had the letter from Eisenhower, you know, Eisenhower saying, "You're about to embark upon the Great Crusade." Yep. Up in the top corner, and you got that great shot of all the land. You know, LSTs and the barrage balloons and that come on the actual beach. Yeah, and it's just like the whole the whole advantage the West the Western Allies bring to this, which is just the sheer industrial might of the basically America. You just got all these logistic trucks, the tanks, just come off the beach. It's just like yeah, all the stuff you actually need to conduct a proper campaign without without the advantage of having a port. You know, it's it's kind of crazy when you think about it. Just build your own. Build your own, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Float it across, drop it down. Need some fuel because I run some pipes under. And I also, yeah. um, Pluto, Pluto is one of those things that it sounds great and actually didn't 
it contributes about eight percent of the of the fuel transfer to Europe. It's like that's a lot of effort, for not much. <laughs> it, it doesn't even kick in till September either. It's like after you know, it's all post Normandy. Sherbourg's pretty much up and running by the time it's it's up and running. It's, it's actually like, working. Yeah. Talking about the the graphic design of these books, mm-hmm. I really think they've hit their stride. Yeah. Um, it's got Very a nice. great mix of the classic artwork. Mm-hmm. So we've got some like the box art, artwork of the, the 29th Division, um, some really, really nicely painted actual miniatures. Yep. It's always uh, good to see. Always good to see. And then also just the extra maps and, and um, just layout. It's just really, really on point. I, I think... I mean, even going back to like the version two books, and Battlefront really did, you know, bring up a notch when it came to like historical wargaming and the presentation kind of thing, like full color books, yeah, the whole maps kind of thing. When you look at like, um, oh, what's going to play Rapid Fire? What's it Rapid Fire? Oh my god! You look at the kind of books you used to have back then, that kind of thing. It's um, they were a step up from you know, you know Xerox copied of the self self published list kind of things, but they were still a long way from. Where yeah. we get to, even the version one books are still mostly black and white. But that version two onwards, we just get those full color praise spreads, that kind of thing. Spoiled with color. We are. You should be fa- filofaxing or whatever it was. Filofax. <laughs> Actually, I used a fax machine for the first time a gazillion years at work the other day because for some reason so I had to have a, a proposal submit by fax. It's like, what? How does it work? Do we even still have a fax machine? Apparently, we still do have a fax machine in the way someone in the business. It's like. Did you have to blow the dust off? off? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we, what, how are we going to do this? We're going to talk about what's in it over a glance? Or... Yeah, let's, let's do them one at a time anyway. We're going to yeah. work our way through, aren't we? Well, okay. Yeah, go for a quick glance through the actual background stuff and we'll get to yeah. the stuff of the lists. Which is what everyone's here for really yeah the good stuff the good stuff well right right at the beginning mm-hmm. is the special rules for the entire thing yeah, yeah. um this is like this is like page three that's what i mean it's right at the very beginning yeah, yeah. it's one thing I, I do hate with the version four books is this weird thing of putting the rules right in the front rather than right in front of the lists where it might actually be a bit easier to find yeah to be oh. fair, if you've got the, you the cards you don't, it's, you don't need them yeah. they would have done it anyway but yeah well, at least they're right at the very front, as opposed yeah. to. You know, it's easy to find if nothing else. So yeah, and yeah. So I mean, the first when you look through, a lot of it really knows like six, yeah. six, six strike and destroy, stabilizer. But you get all the good stuff like um, for a start, airborne. So if it's, you've got the airborne. airborne. If you have the key, airborne keyword, you can yep. do the, the um, airborne missions, um, like the glider assaults and the paratroops. Yeah. Um, we we then have rangers leave away. That's really lets the rangers. If you're next to an impassable cliff or mountainside, take a skill test and basically you make a terrain dash to the top of it. So if you've got a dirty great big cliff face, for example, with some guns at the top of it, kind of. Thing, so. <laughs> yep. And I think the big one that we sort of spot is air observer post. Yeah, the AOP Ooh, is yep. back. I love the rules they've done for this. They've it's really it makes you think now whether you want yep. to take it or not. I hate the AOP a lot less with these new rules, that's for sure. Yep. I hate the AOP a lot less. I, I, see, as, 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 cause I've never been an American player, and, even, and Brits, I was mostly a glider player, um, parachute player. <laughs> I never really used the AOP for myself. So it's always, I was always facing them as a German player. Yep. And just like, find it <laughs> annoying, because they're always positioned so you can't shoot them. And 
Yeah, just generally annoying. I think that these iteration of rules, and we'll get into a bit later, they feel like more how an AP. It's like a high risk fraught thing of flying this little Piper Cub at tree chop level kind of thing. It feels it feels as scary as it probably should be for the pilot doing the calling in. And... Oh, they're scary enough yeah. to fly without anyone shooting at you. To be honest. <laughs> One step up oh. from a microlight is <laughs> pretty much. Well, I mean, it's it's not guaranteed either, which I quite like. So you can have your observer on the table doing his yeah. thing, or you can maybe have an air observer. Yeah. Whereas before it was just I'm going to poodle around and yeah. Should yeah. We, should we run for the rules now or wait until we get to it later? Should we get to it later? We're just, we're just tantalizing yeah. the oh, reader. Tantalizing. Teasing. Um, <laughs> teasing. The other thing that made me laugh was the um the gigantic rule for the artillery. Oh, they're um, yeah, they're um, self-propelled 155, yeah. So yeah, so if you've got an M12, it's not very good at ambushing, apparently. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> Outrageous. <can't> <laughs> Actually, speak to the uh, version 3 tank destroyers. They'd learn something too. Yeah. <laughs> but again, that's that's a new one, but it, it it's not a tricky... Like, what I like as well about all the special rules is they're not hard. They're not convoluted. No. They're, you, they're the very... flavour text is... Yeah. I mean, most of the most of the rules are like one or two lines, and that's it. Yep. That's all you need. Yeah, which is all you really want. So, I, you know, I think I think they'd be more handled again. Yeah. Operation Overlord. Yeah. The invasion of Normandy. These are like these maps on these pages are brilliant. I know so, they're quite simplified, but yeah, it's it's actually um. I think it was from... It, it's not a new bit of artwork. It's been one of the books previously. I recognised it as soon as okay. I saw it. But I think... It, I'm not entirely convinced it's in the last Overlord, Overlord book. It might be in, in the version 2 compilation D-Day book. Okay. okay. But it, it's really cool. It, it gives you that kind of almost looking from Britain towards France <laughs> layout of the actual major... You know, the beaches and the major landmarks. Which, which yeah. regiment division went where? Exactly, yeah. It breaks it down to that level, so it's not just here's where the first call come in. It's like here is where 185th Infantry Brigade come in, for the British. Exactly. Or here is where the Ranger Brigade and 160, 116th go in. It's like. I, yeah. I think it helps as well because we've always said that that you have to do a bit of work yourself to work out what formations you want now because they're not they're very generic. Standardized. Generic, exactly. So if you're looking at um, the the page I obviously zoomed in almost five with the um the american stuff on for utah and omaha obviously because that's what's dealt with in this particular book so if you're looking to um create your own force based on anything out of the u.s forces you can you can do it from there mm-hmm. um and, and know where it was going to land and and what it was supported by so from a new player perspective i think it's excellent yeah i mean we just old hands can always do a refresher sometimes one question, Lee. Mm-hmm. Do you, is this how they came in on the on the day as well? Because I noticed that some of the landing craft are obviously reaching ahead of others, and others are hanging back. So I know, like the Seventh Armored was probably not going to be one of the first units to hit the beach, but it looks like obviously the commandos going first and things like that on gold. Yeah. So obviously there were waves to this as well, and also yeah. I think I want to say one of the beaches, at least one of the beaches, they land at seven rather than six because of the way it, the tide made it better for um, getting okay. over the obstacles. I'm trying to think whether it's either sword or gold. I just gold beach that is. Yeah, I didn't know if that was how they actually came in. So. I, yeah, but I must. Be, I'm not sure to that level of detail. But it is no. showing it. It's, it's more of a diagrammatic thing. 
because um, obviously you've already got a fight number of landing craft and you had to do wait, you know, go back, ferry more guys on, that kind of thing. So the commanders would definitely be one of the early waves because they were basically bypassing the beaches to try and get to um, A, the, the um, Pegasus Bridge behind, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But also on um, the 47th Royal Marines, um, we're trying to get to Port Port Dubessin, I can't remember what called, where basically was eventually where the Pluto line would come in. And so they were bypassing the beach to try and get around there because a full frontal assault would have been a nightmare. So they try basically going around the back, taking them from behind. So Royal Marines are always keen to do. And um, yeah. Cool. Well, you've got the. Obviously, we've, we're talking about the artwork, but you've obviously got a full history text in there going over each of the operations, the targets behind them, and, you know, a full... Well, I say full, but, you know, for a War Games book, it's pretty pretty good sort of overview of... of and let's face it, at the end of the day, D-Day is not a one that's not going to find a lot of written material on, so... Yeah, it's quite it, obscure. I don't know why no. they're going into this, you know, niche. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, it, it gives it gives you like say that a bluffer's guide on Normandy enough that you can understand the flow of the campaign, that kind of thing, what they achieved, and there's plenty of you no know, plenty of things you can hooks basically pick up and then do your own research on, and like I say, you're not going to find a shortage of books on it. And then no. we go into uh, the know your stuff sections. So yep, we've got know your tanks. Yep, with the Schmexy M5 Stuart. Yeah, new plastic kit. Very schmexy. M4 Sherman. Both kinds. Yep, and then the 76. Oh. Yeah, that. I, I always like the 76 millimeter turret. It just makes a Sherman look, I don't know, it just looks more balanced, that bigger turret. Just going to take it to the Bosch. <laughs> take it to the Bosch. Um. And then, I mean, it's, it's a know your tank section, but, you know, the tank, the self-propelled gun, tank destroyer. Yeah. The ever-faithful M10. Yep. Your M7. And then... The Glorious. Of... But it definitely isn't compensating for something. Oh, no, yes. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> it's just a lot of gun on, on not much chassis. Oh, <laughs> to be fair, it's still like a you know, it's like an M3 <gasps> chassis. It's, it's not like it's a small chassis, but that gun just looks massive on it. It just is massive, yeah. There's no room for the crew. The crew have just got to walk behind it, kind of thing. It's just like yeah, it's a honking great thing. And then know your infantry, which I don't think have they done a know your infantry before. I don't think they have. I don't think so. They haven't it, but no, you mentioned. I don't think they ever have. And that's kind of cool because not only does it give you like a, a very brief like four line on them, but it just shows you their um, over their stats. So like parachute rifle company, fearless, veteran, careful, glider rifle company, confident, trained, aggressive, kind of thing. Yeah, and also it's nice to show that you know if you were totally brand new, you could look at a table and go, oh, those guys are paratroops. That's what the models actually, you know visual differences between them and the fact that the glider rifle company are just dressed as infantrymen yeah, yeah. i think post normandy they get they get given um paratroop boots that's the one concession they get given to me kind of thing but... uh, they, actually they, that comes up in the book later on when we took it to the list i was really ah, right, yes um and then the assault company models oh. 
Yeah, we see we saw it getting re-released because of the catalogue pages. They are indeed. They are. They look so cool. They look so cool. So when we were playing the game last night, um, Chris had his 29th infantry, and they were all painted. And so he was using my DD tanks and um, aircraft, but it's his infantry. It just looks so good having those, like, all, they were the, with the fortifications put into base, the guys sort of lying down, they've been hit kind of things. They're really good figures. They really do sell the whole, de- you know, the whole beach landing thing right away. And then uh, after that, we have our force organisation chart. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. So I mean, and mostly, it's, when you look at the support units, there's not that many of them, but it's the formations. It's just, and yes, you've got some duplication because you've got the veteran and trained ones, but even then, you still have like about seven unique formations before all doubling up. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, that's a lot of formations. In it for, it's the most so far in the books, by far. I do like the way they break them down as well to the D minus one, D day, and then the breakout ones. So yeah. it, it, it kind of chops that up a bit because you're right, there is a ton of companies that you can... It, it, helps, you, it helps you your theme, that's for sure. So like I say, yeah. D minus one formations are the parachute rifle and the glider rifles. Yep. Makes, I mean, I'd probably argue the only, there's only the parachute rifles that are actually properly D minus one. Yeah. I mean, with D-Day formations of the Rangers and the two versions of the assault company and then the rifle companies themselves, of course, the follow-ons come on as rifle, you know, the sort of proper organisation. And the breakout is very much the mechanised forces, the Shermans, the Army Rifles, the Stuarts, and the Tank Destroyer Company. So there's nine formations. Yep. Nine different formations, if you, you know, count the veteran and normal ones together. Well, yep. One, yep. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 13. So there's 14 formations if you count them as discrete. <laughs> and that's a lot of book. <laughs> that's, a lot of, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah, they definitely. I mean, we talked about this, I know, at the end of the Midwar series, if you like, but there's definitely been a progression again. Like, they've learned stuff as they've been going along, and, and really, I think this is the, the culmination of all of that hard work. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got the get you by stuff that we talked about last time, but this this really is a, a full blown theatre book now. Yeah. I mean, yes, there are some omissions, and we'll get onto those later, but. They are very much the exception rather than the rule compared mm-hmm. to how they were in mid-war. It's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a very complete book um, in terms of formations, that's for sure. And like I say, when we get onto the cards next, next on the next um, podcast, we'll get onto how the cards then complement this by giving you all the unique infantry divisions and the, yep. um, and the, the couple of missing formations with the cavalry formation and the engineer formation. Spoilers! Spoilers! Yeah, well, it's just again tantalising. So, hold, um, tantalising. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is that what you call it? Well, that's what that's what I try and call it. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, I try and I try and do this BD thing, carry it across the podcast occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> um, showing enough ankle. That's all it is. Showing yes. ankle. Yep. I think. I see. One of the things that did surprise me when it came back was a three-inch tow tank destroyer. You can see it yep. as one of the slots. I thought for sure we did. We, we, the whole thing with version four, we say, seems to be going more to their um, mobile assets rather than the static I, ones. So it's interesting to see that come back. I did think we'd see it. I thought we'd see it um, more Arden stuff because I think they were they were part of that stuff that turned up and sort of blunted the third German thrust. Yeah, was having some of the bigger static anti-tank assets. I didn't think we'd see them necessarily in this book, but mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. You're right, though, as well. They've, they've, knowingly, they've moved away from uh, 
that kind of fixed asset, I suppose. It's good to see him back. Well, this was the first, you know, they they, they tried the doctor, didn't they? And quite realised it didn't really work for what they were trying to do for it yet. Oh, that's probably fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tank Destroyed Doctor is always one of those oddities of the American thing. It kind of, in a way, it lays down very much how they use attack helicopters in the Cold War. And it works far, far better for that than it did actually for the <laughs> But I, mean, I think a couple of times in the it did actually work as advertised and work very well. I think it's just it was just one of those things that it relied it relied on the enemy to, to work to how you wanted to work, and that's never a great thing for a doctrine. But I mean, yeah, it gave us the M10, which is a really cool platform, and it gives us the M18, and the M36 later as well. So it, the actual tank destroyers it produces do the job yep. really well. It's just the idea of having discrete tanks but don't really deal with tanks. They need to tank destroyers, which is great, so long as the tank destroyers are actually in the right place to do that kind of Yeah, to do to do their job. And yeah. don't get caught to do infantry assaults like mine do regularly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, while we're on the formation page, you've got the standard allied support choice where you can take one support compulsory unit from a British formation as support and one British formation as an allied formation. Mm-hmm. Um you can obviously do a formation support, which is where you take a compulsory combat unit from a black box or a US formation as support units. And we still have the wild card box. <laughs> yeah. Something's <laughs> coming for that. With it. <laughs> it's foreshadowing. It's all it is. It's foreshadowing. Yeah, one day they're going to release a wild card and get all our words about it, that's for sure. So one of the things I'd like to see him use that wild card for, um, I'm slightly getting ahead of myself here, but when you get to like 29th Infantry, when they're a rifle company... They actually got supported by crocodiles in the, in the assault on Brest. There's a Brits trying yep. to shout the Americans, hey, really need this thing. Um, so it'd be interesting to see some sort of rule. Cause it's not, I mean, the crocodile won't be a compulsory unit, so you can't do the Allied support yeah. in that respect. But it'd be interesting to see him use the wild card, slot, um, wild card slot to let you use it with a 29th Infantry card to say, if you have the 29th Infantry type card, you can take crocodiles as a wild card. That'd be kind of cool, a kind of cool thing to see. So something completely, yeah, curveball yeah, it's, it's a curveball, but it's a historically valid one, because they were, yeah. but the only time the Americans ever got supported by the crocodiles in World War Two. That would certainly be an interesting use for it, to take an out-of-formation support unit. I think yeah. that's probably the most yeah. nice way I can put that. But yeah, that would, that would be an interesting use for it, certainly. More wild speculation from the... Yeah, so they are, Phil, if you're, if you're listening to this, just just drop that one down on the yeah. later, kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> you had that one on us. Tangible. Welcome, Phil. That's a freebie. <laughs> <laughs> I get all rights to it if you're going to use it. There you go. <laughs> uh-huh. if, you, if you dare draw his gaze. Oh, God. Um, it would be interesting to do it for that, because it does say wild card, as in singular. So that would then stop it being abused if it was, you know, being a wild card versus being a, um, what do you call it, command card. Yeah. So you could stack a load of nasty things together. All right. Talking of stacking and stacks and dropping things. Parachute Rifle Company, D-1 lists. Yeah. Of course, we got. We, we, they get my favourite map. This, I think this has been with us since D minus original D minus one book. And it's a map that shows here where the drop zones are meant to be, 
and it has a little one dot for each stick, and the stick being obviously the uh, <laughs> contents of one thing. And it just shows you where it actually drops. So you look at drop zone T, the red blob, and yeah. it's just scattered. But my favourite oh, bit sorry. is this two sticks that land 12 miles away. It's, it's just an arrow pointing off the map because it, it just goes disappears. Like, those guys are trying to get to France. It's like, yeah. it's Paris. It's like... <laughs> Sorry. I, 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 it's great for just showing you the chaos of this nighttime yeah. airborne landing. It's like, I mean, it's, it is so chaotic. It's almost counterproductive because after this, the Allies never again do a, like a nighttime landing. Right. Which is a shame because I think part of the reason it was so effective was because it was nighttime and so chaotic. Yes, it put a lot of ones in the troops on individual action, but the enemy just didn't know what the hell was happening. And because they're so scattered, they think they got about, you no, know, they're not facing two airborne divisions. They think they're facing like 10 airborne divisions. Yeah. It's like, I mean, well, the shock and awe of this thing is, is, is massive. The other cool thing is, if you notice the opposition la- labelled 100 Panzer. Yep. That's the um, little Hotchkiss ones, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah it shows the Panzer Force of the Wet, but you're right. I think that's the Butte Panzers, isn't it? It is. Yep. So they, they took on the um, the Paras as they were trying to desperately consolidate in, into their drop zones. Yeah. I think you're right. It, it's another nicely laid out piece of you know map work. I mean, you could quite easily play some games based off of that alone. Yeah. You, you can sort of see, A, the ones we all know about, like... Um, St. Mary Glees, that kind of thing, and yep. St. Mary Mont. But also you got all, like, like, you know, you can see how Caratan then fits into it as a, a major crossroads town and how it becomes so vital to capture. And you go to see, you know, um, it just you see the whole road network laid out and how they go, you know, sort of the embanked roads that lead to Utah Beach and why they were such a focus for the paratroops to capture. To yep. clear the way for the guys coming off Utah to make their way inland. Yeah, because we all know now that this countryside is not anywhere near as green and flat as it looks here. No. So those roads are vital arteries across that whole area. I think that you can see on the shading, it shows the areas that were flooded, basically. Mm. So they were, they were drained, recovered land, and the Germans quite wisely flooded them to make them so ahead of the actual landing, suspecting when landings might come, so that they would become, you know, deadly to parachute, you know, heavily laden parachute landing and that. You know, you're not going to get easily out of it if it's, more, you know, if it's deep. Yeah, and that's why, and that forced the Allies then to the bank roads, which is why the parachutes had to capture them. Otherwise, the bank roads would then become a killing zone, like it would become in like in um, Netherlands in Market Garden. And yes, it's it's a great map, and like I say I always like seeing it because it just shows how you know what a the parachutes would go up against in how they were so dispersed, but why the parachute lands were so vital for capturing the a their um, whole Sherbrooke Peninsula, but also. No, even just capturing Utah Beach area and making the way for the actual beach landing to be a success it was. So yeah. How lonely do you think some of those sticks were out in the middle of nowhere? Just... I... <laughs> Very. It's like so if you look on page sixteen in the um right up in the sort of the left hand top left hand, there's one yellow dot. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. like uh guys, where are we? <laughs> oh man, yes, it but so yeah, it's it's like yeah, it's crazy how this person has become. On, on page 17, there's one orange dot just literally just right on the bottom of the map. It's like, oh, yeah. South of Carentan. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So the formation itself then? Yeah. Uh, loving, awesome, fearless, vet, careful parachute rifle company. 
they're a fully fit self-contained company as well aren't they if you just want to do because we were talking about this before if you wanted to do paras and or glider troops as a force yeah you can actually take um you know without having to dip into anything else a whole para force which is nice yeah exactly i mean the actual formation itself is got a lot of, lot of organic support you got yeah but yeah, you got your mortars, like you'd expect, but you got the pack how the sanctified pack howitzers. Yep. You got your um, airborne anti tank platoons. They come in the gliders later, and you got the cheap recon patrol, which they I think they actually come and buy um, boat much later. But even so, it's nice to have the option of what if they were brought in earlier, kind of thing. And so it gives you recce and anti tank and artillery all in yep. formation, like you all said. All formation. And what a formation! I mean. It, like Eddie said, it's fearless, veteran, careful, and yeah. it costs a ton of points. <laughs> but it has got absolutely everything. Oh, They're yeah, quite you, big, aren't they, as well? Yeah, so you kind of, once you, if you go all the options, you've got like, like 12 people in the platoon, uh, 12 stands in the platoon. So you've got mm-hmm. seven grand stands, a 60mm yeah. mortar, a bazooka team with the option of a second bazooka team, and the option up to two machine gun teams, the LMGs. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's a fairly, you know, it's almost like armoured rifle levels of self-contained platoon that's, yeah. that anybody else would call a company, as it were. <laughs> it's like, Try shifting that off an objective. Well, yeah, especially like, you know, fearless veteran. Mm. <clears throat> it, is, it, it packs a punch. And like I say, with the, when the car's later, you can give them sticky bombs. So if the enemy does something with tanks... Hey, get the gun bombs out from the engine deck. Yeah, I, I do actually like as well the fact that they they've got those self-contained options, but they are expensive because obviously they're fearless veteran as well. But the pack seventy-five A has always looked really cool, mm-hmm. but having that in force is is really handy. I mean, it's a decent barrage. It's a very decent box like information as well because it's in the back line. And not, not the firepower four because of the whole bumping up with version four, it you know, gives them a decent punch as well. Yeah. yeah, there was a good bit of harassing fire, but usually the mortar was a better option. Now I'd probably say, yeah, I'd probably go the pack outs and just get the range of it. So the eighty-one millimeter mortars in version three, can you remember? Did they have time on target? No. No, because they have a staff team. But now, ah, uh, uh, yeah. But now I think they, everyone gets it. So no. No, it doesn't. It has to say because if you look at the the seventy five millimeter artillery, I see. Yeah, has the yeah, time on target. Right, correct. Yeah, the eighty one millimeters don't. Yeah, so that's that's still the same answer because obviously yeah. in reality, seventy five has a staff team kind of thing. So, yeah. And uh, yeah, you've got a distinct choice to make there as well because the mortars are significantly cheaper, mm-hmm. but they obviously don't have that direct fire capability as well. Um, yeah, but the time on target is definitely something to bear in mind. Yep, definitely. I say that direct fire, it doesn't look like much, but when you're being chased down by some armored cars, because I'm decided to give it. So it's amazing <laughs> how often that anti tank six saves your butt. Well, they've also got a, a rate of fire too, I noticed. Yeah. So that, you know, if you are going to go and eat uh, armored cars on them, you, you're going to have to be very careful because that's eight shots down range coming. Yeah, but you have to get a flank and get the forward firing. Mm. I noticed in the catalog pages that they're actually going to be a plastic kit as well. So that's going to be interesting. <laughs> Oh yes, that is. Yeah, that's Yeah, the fifty-seven millimeter. That's crewed by Paras. So they got Parastats. Um, obviously, you know, it's, it's a six-pounder from the desert, so it's got the anti-tank ten, firepower four, no HE. It's a great little ambush gun. It's pretty cheap as well. I thought. 
10 points uh, yeah 10 points for four it's yeah it's pretty you know for a decent wallop i mean well it's their defensive fire isn't it you sit there yeah. with 28 inch range and it's pretty tasty no, there's not much i could take at 10 in the side no Nope. Even from the front, it's still, you know, it's a Panther four. It's still going to have to be careful around them. Obviously, a Panther's going to go. Huh. Yeah, Panther laughs and waves, but yeah, but on the side, and the Panther's going to be in trouble. Yeah, I think it's. I think you'll want some. You'll definitely want some. And there's there's quite an interesting thing as well, where it's only twos or fours as well for all the artilleries and and um, all the assets. So you yeah. know, there's none of this. I can take three guns. It's half battery. Full battery. Mm. And they get my favourite little thing in the formation, which is the armoured airborne jeeps. They're, are they? They're... No, they're not the armoured ones. Are they more, um, significantly more expensive than the mid-war ones, any? Because um... I think I know you get the two M3s with the armoured recon stuff, but they seem quite expensive. What they are? Well, these are f- uh, because they hit on fours. Is it because of the careful? Yeah. Yeah, so careful with skill. With... With with um, scout, then makes them. Yeah, the sixes hit, aren't they? A lot of the time. Yeah. I uh, think yeah. yeah, I think two's probably going to be useful, but I think four's quite a lot of points of investment. It's got a better cross value, I think. Have they? Four plus. Four plus? Oh yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they they are cool. Though. Paratroopers running around in. Hanging off the back of a thirty cow, a fifty cow, rather. Exactly. There's nothing not to like about that, right? Nope. <laughs> they're also plastic. Although the picture beneath, they're a little bit brave. <laughs> yeah. There's two, there's two of them driving up to the flank of three panthers. Like. Um... What they haven't shown though is the anchoring up on the the brakes and then gently revo- reversing slowly <laughs> backwards. Try not to get noticed. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're not even the right side of the fence. That's the thing. Just... <laughs> Down a road, those Panthers would turn around. Well, I don't know. Maybe they're just really trusting their four-up save. <laughs> Pretending to be a French farmer. Yeah. Um, so just to recap, the Paris, all plastic? Question mark. I believe so, yeah. So that's something quite new as well. Obviously, you can build mortars. May not be. I suspect. I. Yeah. Um, the jeeps are plastic. That's for sure. Yeah. Jeeps definitely are plastic. I'm pretty sure the pack howitzer is plastic as well. Yes, from what I'm yeah. Oh no, eighty-one millimeter. No, that's the cheating. Mm-hmm. All plastic. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Might be, might be the might be soft plastic rather than hard plastic. That's the same thing I probably would say at this point. I know, I know they are facing soft plastic out, but I'm not sure that unless we cover the D-Day book stuff. So. Oh yeah. Okay. That does make sense. And obviously, we know you got the, you got the plastic um, paratroop infantry actually in the in their um, hit the beach box, which are the same as they've always been. They look pretty cool as always. That, so they are the same as the. Uh... From a quick glance at the sprue um, earlier, because I actually got to hit the beach. I got to say I got to hit the beach week box yesterday. Um, yeah, it look, they look like the same. The thirty cow laying down. Yep, and, and also with the grenadiers on the sprue as well, German grenadiers. Oh, okay. So that, yep. that literally is the same sprue. Correct. Yep. Okay, because I did see they had new paratrooper sculpts. 
Yeah, so I, I'm not sure if the standalone release... Ah, uh, for mid-war we'll have the... Well, also because, as I said, the, grand, the German Grandier is on the same sprue as the American paratroops because obviously it's a sprue designed for the box, which mm-hmm. is a bit short-sighted. Uh, I got gotcha. A bit short-sighted about from the point at the, side, at the time. Um, so I suspect for a standalone paratroop release, it might be either those sculpts on a new tool, or they might be soft plastic using the same CAD models or something. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they are when they come out. But that's a small, compact, lightweight force. Yeah. So that's, that's, you can pack yeah. it in a bag. And... So you've got one, one HQ platoon of just two stands. Yep, some blobs uh, of infantry. Three, up to three parachute rifle platoons, 81mm mortars, 75mm uh, pack howitzers, 57 millimeter anti tank platoon, and then one blob of jeeps. Yep. Yeah. Which is four, which is a shame because I want 23. Yeah. When you get back to the old Overlord book, you could have the actual jeep platoon was bigger. You used to have like um, eight jeeps, and then you could add on a support section, which are unarmed pioneer jeeps that had a six mil mortar as well. So yeah. they, have, they have made it slightly smaller, but I guess at the end of the day, I can't remember. Ever seeing those sheets being used, so it's probably no, something that's greatly no. missed. One platoon is useful, anything else is a bit of a waste, and then yep. anything else will get abused and <laughs> to hundreds, yeah. hundreds of jeeps roaring across the battlefield whilst the core, the rest of the core platoons hide. Yeah, it'll make you angry, Eddie. I mean, the, you know, not let's not go down that route. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, understandable sacrifice. Yeah. So, so after they, the paras, gliders. Eddie's favourite. Uh, yes. But very quickly, though, on the subject of Jeeps oh. getting more into your army, I will probably buy two packs of the plastic Jeeps, because I can't imagine they'll be that expensive, um, and then have the others as objective markers, because I think a little plastic Jeep parked up on a large base would make a pretty yep. good. Yeah. A dude paint uh, standing by it next door with a finger pointing somewhere. Yeah, with, like loaded up with Coca-Cola bottles and... Yeah, <laughs> Hershey bars. Hershey bars. There you go. <laughs> Trying to give them away because no one likes them. Um, <laughs> sorry, American. Uh, you'll, you'll probably find Hershey is the mm. devil's. So. Yeah, it's it's horrible, horrible grain chocolate. I'm sorry, America, but yeah. your chocolate sucks. If you are American and listening to this, I uh, give me your message me your your address. I'll send you some real chocolate, and then you can. Uh, yeah. If you still don't like it, then there's something wrong with you. Um, <laughs> the glider. 327th Glider Infantry Regiment. Hoorah. Also yeah. known as the poor schmucks who got vod and told that they were becoming airborne. Yeah. yeah. Well, airborne, mm, yeah. Stuck in a balsa wood glider and thrown out, thrown off the back of a plane, right? Jeez, yeah. I mean, in many ways, it's trying to do what um, transport helicopters would do far better about 20 years later. But um, this whole idea of landing as a, a platoon as a coherent whole onto the objective and obviously you know it it does work the germans use the good effect um when we get to british books we'll have like the capture the pegasus bridge it's just scary the, yeah the americans tend to use them more for like I say just reinforcement they actually land relatively yeah. un, well, no, relatively you know, trained but not like you know trained to the same level as paras infantry just to reinforce and they actually have the support guns like um not only the 75 pack houses, but also the 105 pack houses, and in bigger formations as well. Yeah, they, they weren't designed to be assault gliders like the Germans ones were. 
All the Brits, no. All the Brits, they were transport. I mean, the original the original concept was to just use them as a um, use them as additional uh, carrying capacity for paratroops to jump out of. Yeah. All right. Okay. So the idea was like you just towed your glider. You had one um, C forty seven Skytrain pulling a glider, which then meant you could have twice as many people jump out of it, and then they both fly back to the you know UK reload and load more paratroops and then fly out again then they realize that training a paratroop is quite a tedious amount of time and instead you can just stick regular infantrymen in the back and then just land the bloody things mm-hmm. um, i mean i know i know you've got some bottles to jump out of a plane on a world war ii parachute but equally to land in a field yeah. something that was made by some men in a shed like that furniture companies in the states You've got to have some real giant-sized kahuna, surely. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter because you've been told you've got to do it. So yeah. it's, it's you not, not a volunteer like the paratroops. You, you go, oh. That will, if, yeah, I think I think it's worse somehow. It, it definitely is worse, yeah. Worse. You even get the extra pay. As I keep pointing out in the book, you know, the paratroops <laughs> get the extra pay of being a paratroop. These guys, you know, you, you get nothing. There's no, there's no bonus. You don't even get the boots until later. Yeah, a snazzy jacket. No. Um, so you have Glider Rifle Company HQ, two compulsory Glider Rifle platoons. And that's your lot um, for Glider That actual... is it. So that's smaller, isn't it, than the Paris? Yes, and it's smaller than the more rifle, a rifle yeah. company. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but you get more stands, I think, in them. It is a slightly bigger platoon, yeah. It's a bigger platoon because uh, they can fit more in the in the glider, but they limited to the two because that's all they, you know, would drop. Okay. Uh, and then you have, uh, yeah. So in them, they are confident, trained, and aggressive. However, they, get... they have yeah. blood and guts, which means they rally on a three plus. Yeah, which is really handy. Because they're desperately trying to prove that they're as good as their paratrooper brethren. That's pretty cool. That's an interesting <laughs> way that they carved that up as well with the um, the different you know um, skills and motivation boxes. So they're going to be that's quite tasty actually. It's a good little mix of. Yeah, it's basically the same as like when we get onto it later. The actual sort of non-veteran rifles are the same sort of stats as well. The blood and guts seems to be a standard American um, rule. Okay. But the actual platoon itself, like I say, it's got 10 grams, which is you know big. You've got a bazooka, which on the second bazooka. You've got a light machine gun. You've got a 60mm mortar and the option of a six, second 60mm mortar, which is quite handy, bulking up the actual artillery options. So you've got a nice little fire base in the platoon itself. Yeah, because that'll be two teams firing, so that's only re-rolling hits. That's not re-rolling hits plus one, right? Correct. Well. Yeah. Mm, okay. Do they have? No, they don't. Okay, I was going to say do they have smoke? They don't. Yeah, unfortunately, six mil what doesn't have smoke. No. no. Answer my own question. Mm-hmm. Still pretty good though. Yeah. It's a nice little option. It's not too costly either. To no. give you those extra two stands. I don't know. And, yeah. Mm. And you got like you still got mortars, you still got machine guns, you still got the anti um packet, you still got the six pounder. The other interesting thing is, not only do you have Pacific 5 minute pack outer in a bigger formation of six guns, but you also have the 105 millimeter pack outer, which is um, you know, it's got the same sort of stats as the 105, albeit a shorter range. Interestingly, as well, I've just noticed 
the glider rifles are M1 Garand rifle teams. Yep. Which have a halted and moving rate of fire of one. Correct. Yeah. Rifles, yep. Whereas the paratroopers have our uh, rifle MG. So they have right. halted rate of fire two. Two. Yeah, they got the M19 A, um, A6, I think it is. The sort of like the squad support weapon version of the. 30 cow. Yeah, which is an absolute dog. It's like um, basically it's like a 30 cow with a stock, which yes. sounds about as useful as you might think. <laughs> the Americans didn't really do well with machine guns, apart from the Johnson machine gun. It's always, compared to like the Bren, the Bren gun, the MG, it's always a little bit of a. You've got the bar, which is a World War One relic, and you've got the um, M1986, which is a really great um, bipo- um, tripod gun made into a bipod gun. So. <laughs> You're really selling it here, Lee. You're really selling actually, it. Actually, I'll go back up here, actually. If I remember right, don't they have... They, they're not actually... They're, um, they actually do have a little, the tripod one, don't they? Yeah, the they've box. got the 1919. Yeah, the, yeah, it's got the, the standard version. The A6 comes later, I think. I'm thinking about it. Um, uh, one thing I will say the gliders lack is, I was really hoping to see it with the plastic Jeep, is that their little um, recce platoon, they used, to, they used to have Jeeps as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. They could actually Jeep land the gliders. Uh, sorry, yeah. glider land the Jeeps. Jeep land the <laughs> Jeep gliders. gliders. <laughs> and yes, I was surprised with this new plastic kit coming out, but them so and the rifle sure, platoon. You so sure it's supposed to be this way round? We strap the gliders in the Jeep? Yeah, it'd be fine. Well, you look at how they were planning to land the, um, the M22 Locust by strapping it to the bottom of the coater and put the, then carrying the turret out and putting the turret on afterwards. It's kind of, that's some weird ideas. Yeah. I think the other thing that's annoying is that because the artillery is in formation, you can't have a paratroop um, company supported by the glider 105s without having a glider formation. So you have to have like a two-formation force, which, given how cheap the infantry is, isn't a huge impossibility. But it's sinking more time into infantry. Whereas it used to be a case they were just support assets on the flowchart. Hmm. So it's a small oh, change. Might affect a small change. Hmm. Are you sure? So there's a 105... Because why are they on page 45, then? Are they part of a normal rifle platoon? Yeah, so they're part, they're part of a weapon... They're, in the rifles as well. So rifles use them as a, basically an in-platoon support option as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. But they're not compulsory choice, so therefore you can't use them as formation support. I gotcha. Yeah. I uh, guess... They can have up to six 75mm. Yeah. Yeah. But again, you could, if you're paratroops, you, you can't ha- you have to have a glider formation support and you need to have those. It's worth... I, th- I think at that point, it's probably worth looking at that. Well, I mean, if you go for two, I'm going to use quotation marks here, small, small. rifle platoons, yep. HQ, that's only like um, a 20-point tax, effectively, to take the artillery. Yeah. So if you really want the artillery, it's fair, and it's not a huge burden to take in. You'll get, like, say, two decent objective-holding infantry while your paratroops go forward and assault things and cause havoc, as it were. Mm. Just got me thinking now. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, it was also nice that it means the glider rifle troops actually get time on the table. Like they yes. don't get bypass for paratroops with the glider landed support. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely a decision to be made there. You, you, it's not a on to one paras now. I think looking mm-hmm. at that, there's a you like lady said there's a legitimate reason to say well actually, I'll take the slightly less well trained troops because they are significantly cheaper, and they have access to these other tools that I might want. So I, I like that. It gives them both a purpose. All for that. Yeah. 
Right. So you got the beach. Yeah. My goodness, what a section. Yeah. Obviously Jeez. very focused on Omaha Beach. Because that's where the action was. Utah's relatively quiet compared to Omaha. What if they just sort of walked on and went, Oh, this is France? They, well, they they landed further down and then yeah. they really walked on because they went, oh, this bit's really quiet. <laughs> why, would, why, why wouldn't we go come here the first time? Yeah. <laughs> it's been, like, there's one defensive fortification that she managed to overcome. We should aim for here first. This is much better. Um, yeah, so obviously Omaha gives you, like I say, it's the, if you go to a war game, it's one to do because it's just such a Tense fight, yeah, yeah, iconic. It really is. I mean, it's it's where where Normandy almost fails. It's only because of well, tenacious leadership at, at a sort of platoon level. But you get any, but you get the breakthrough actually holding ground and making the way inland. It's brilliant. It, it was the three fifty second were there, wasn't it? it? Was the more veteran of the two divisions that were Correct. opposing and the it, Americans and yeah, you know, uh, Eastern Front veterans that knew what they're doing. Yeah. Yep. Plus, really? the, plus the terrain helped as well, the whole buffs and the drawers, that kind of thing. So you really channeled into where the fire, the kill zones, as it were. And it did help, but like I say, that they got off course and they basically, certainly, I think one company lands directly in front of the machine guns and just ceases to exist. Yep. It's literally their first action of the war and it, they just get annihilated. So that terrain is really something else. Yeah. Yeah. When you start yomping up those hills, and it's just, you know, out of breath halfway up. That's that's just walking on a summer's day. That's not mm-hmm. only this other. I mean, you can see it how on the map it has little shaded areas. And it says Allied penetration by noon. So after four hours of fighting, I think it's four. I think it landed at six o'clock in the morning. Um, after four hours, they're basically you know they're, you're measuring your your um, advance in meters. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's like, but it, it's an advance nonetheless. I mean, you can see for second, the second line is by the end of the day, they've actually got a decent foothold, enough of a foothold to start landing the actual support assets. Net. But you can also see how things got thrown off course. You know, yep. Dogwire oh, yeah. ends up on the wrong beach. Um, Easy Green disappears from the landing zones completely. Yep. So, I mean, it's... it's it's ca- as as the paratrooper landings were chaotic, it is on the the water equally chaotic, and yeah, you can see why they had some real real issues. And but again, the maps are good. Again, it's a brilliant good. map. Again, it's just, it, like the like the paratrooper book. It's just it's really good for showing a where the defenses are. And just shows you how much you know, the plan went to went to hell right from the start. And like I say, I think when we, when we cover the missions, it, the missions are really good for represent because the the yeah all kinds of craziness with the, with the landing craft and where they end up and that kind of thing. And then it moves on to the uh, Point de Hoc yep. with yep. the Rangers. And another this is crazy. Really good map. Yeah, someone showed a picture of the um, the cliffs the other day where they, they were recreating the climb for the 75th oh, the Facebook, anniversary. Yeah, yeah. What, I don't even know what their thought process was about getting up that. As in, why did someone think that was a good idea? How they scaled that under fire. It's just incredible. Well, it's, it's that archetypical sort of ranger. I mean, the rangers are very much a commando-style force, and it's very much an archetypical raid action to seize, you know, seize the guns, that kind of thing, under fire. No, I mean, no, no other force could really do it. That cliff face, though, I mean, it was sheer, or but, sheer at it, best. It's, yeah. it's sheer. I mean, they, they bought firemen's lifts from, from, from the London Fire Brigade to try and get up, and they were too short. 
And they had um, landing ships were adapted to fire rocket propelled grenade um, grappling, grappling hooks, mm. that kind of thing. And there's a lot of thought process on how to do it, and you know, and ultimately, you know, people had to scale up, and all that didn't work. And they had literally the best climbers in the platoon would then try and scale up with a rope tied to them, so the other guys could then come up behind them. Yeah, yeah, so, the rope got wet on the on the grappling hooks. Yeah, with the weight of the water, there wasn't enough oomph to get them up the up the the, the cliff. Yeah, so it just came down to free climbing in kit <laughs> up a cliff. When you get to the top of the cliff, you then run to the MG position, so you're then like mowing down the actual cliff edge. So you know you, you have a, a fairly sedate climb, maybe, but then you get to the top and you slide down. And like I say, it just um, they just did it. It's re- it really is testament to the fact they got up there, held the ground, still completed their mission by eventually finding where the guns had moved to, because the guns weren't actually where they were meant to be in the casements. Yeah, crazy. And then they held the ground until they were relieved. They were really, it really came down to a wire with the holding the ground bit. They were a severe counterattack, really pushing back to the cliff face. Yeah. So the formation itself for Ranger Company is compact. (laughs) Yeah. One HQ, two Ranger platoons, and then an optional 81mm mortar platoon. Yeah. So it's kind of. Yeah. So back in the um, version three days, this would be. This company, your formation, would have been one of your um, combat choices, basically. They've actually gone back to mm-hmm. the original way of doing Rangers, where they have multiple companies, which works a lot better in version 4 than it did in version 3. Because in version 4, if you lose a formation, it doesn't matter for the other formations. Yeah. The most in expensive version... Ranger company you can take is 27 points. Yeah. If you max it out. I'll say now, because of the way the actual beach landing missions work, it doesn't matter. Also, it doesn't matter having lots of small formations because you ignore formation break rules and largely ignore losses to determine victory points. So it works really well for the actual beach landing missions as formation. Uh, I think it's, yeah, it looks good. It's, you're never going to be able to force around it necessarily. No, but it's going to be part of a force. It's gonna I be... don't know. Exactly. That's a support formation. I mean, or yes, mm. like you say, or you go for a ranger battalion to have lots of companies. Yeah. Fearless, veteran, aggressive, mm-hmm. but blood and guts gives them a two plus rally, and then yep. deadly assault gives them a two plus assault. Yeah, finally, two veteran. plus assault is. Oh my god, it's right. Crazy. I'll tell you last night, those things were eating bunkers. Like they, they, bunkers. they took, they like say you hit on twos, and then because they're obviously infantry on the assault, they're firepower auto on the grenade attack. So the, the bunker just—if you don't kill them on the way to the bunker, the bunker will die. <laughs> it's just like. It's mad, isn't it? But that's that's where you want them as well. I mean, if you're taking the minimum size unit to just you know do that kind of thing in those objective games, yeah. you're not investing a whole ton of points either. You know, it's 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 a relatively cheap second formation, I think. Yeah, one which is not going to keel over very easily either. No, because if it's a fairly big platoon, oh, it's not actually that big. Actually, one sort talking about saying no, no, no. guys. It's, and the aggressive hurts it because of the hit rating. But, yep. I mean, your best defence is just going forward, probably, with these guys. You're not going to sit in a trench and try and weather the storm. Lead no, the you, yeah, you take, yeah. Your, you take your 8 on mortars, drop the smoke, try and get as close as possible. And that's that extra line of support assets. But, let's say... Pancaking I, stuff. Yeah. If they get in combat, then break off. Do not try and counterattack. It would not go well. No. <laughs> just let them have that ground. <laughs> Yeah, because they're going to go full murder hobo, aren't they, and just take out everything. <laughs> they will do, yeah. 
Okay. So yeah, Rangers okay. definitely worth considering. Yep. And we get to the assault 20, company. Twenty ninth. Yeah. Losing beautiful, grace. beautiful losing grace. Yeah. So it's your first action in the war, and you've got Omaha Beach. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you've got a assault company HQ. You can have. You must have two assault boat sections, but you can have up to six. Yeah. Seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> no, sorry, there's support, right. You've got six, six assault boats assault. and yep. four support boats. Okay. Yes. Right. And that's how they differentiate the, the different types of troops. Correct. So the assault, okay. yes, the assault boats are basically what they are basically formed from the rifle platoons and the weapon platoons of a rifle company, effectively. The support boats are formed from their um, HMG and mortar platoons of that company, plus like a few extra troops as well. And what you get are these brilliant, quite small um, assault sections, basically. Um, so you've got five infantry, two bazookas, a 60mm mortar, and a flamethrower. And you can swap out a bazooka for a LMG. So very small, self-contained sections... As they were be, so if a boat landed, it had everything it needed to make some sort of progress. Now, obviously, that six mil mortar tends to be a bit of pain because it's only a single mortar; it's not going to be able to do, really do yeah. much. But it can be really handy for suppression. Isn't it? You get a hit and you'll suppress a platoon, and then that helps the rest of the guys get into the assault, as we found last night. What does hurt is the support boat sections. Cause they used to be. Um, two of those would be one choice. So effectively, you didn't have a support boat section. You bought a pair of them. So the mortars were paired up and the machine guns were paired up as well. Right. And that made the mortars a bit more handy. As it is, I know a single mortar is still handy, but I'd probably just load up on assault boat sections and just go with that. Probably leave the support boat sections off. Okay. There's four rifle stands, one 81mm mortar and one HMG. Yeah, it's just it just doesn't have enough oomph there. Yeah, they are pioneers though. They are pioneers, so they, can, they still can go forward and clear stuff and that kind of thing. So pioneers basically means they can enter a minefield safely on the three plus. So that lets you get into the minefield. So next turn you can then clear it. Um, okay. Now, and obviously, as the first thing anyone was going to do is drop a minefield across the sea the seawall exit, and that's yep. really going to be one of those old tanks that can get off the beach. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, again, for the beach landing missions, really, really cool. But it's I'm... actually viable for a normal game because you can swap out the support boat sections for machine gun platoon, a mortar platoon, two eight tank platoons to six pounders, and a 105 cannon platoon. So it's got all the normal sort of support assets of a rifle platoon, and you get this really cool salty army, as it were. Yeah. Well, very salty because it's just been soaked, soaked in seawater, but. <laughs> That is a yeah. It's a strange. That's that support boat bit is a bit. It's a bit odd, isn't it? It's just a bit odd. I get. I get where it's come from. Like you said, the the whole. It's kind of a, a bit of a mixed bag of nuts, but I, I also I do love as well the the layout on the uh, LCVP boat landings. Load, loading diagram. Really. Load diagrams are awesome, but um, they're not. Those boat sections aren't. Well, the assault boat sections aren't expensive, are they? No, not for um, these guys because I'd say they're constant trained aggressive. So yeah. Yeah. So it's it's feasible to get quite a big formation quite easily. Yeah, so I mean, 
So in last mm. night's game, we in 75 points, we had two Ranger... Sorry, a, a Ranger um, formation with two platoons. And then a 29th um, formation, which had, I think, four boat sections. Okay. And then we still had you know, points for DE tanks and the 75, and their um, Thunderbolts as well. Hmm. Yeah, so it's got a cool little force. Yeah. And then we go on to them behind the beaches, yeah. basically. Yeah, so they reform into proper rifles, yeah. And yeah. like I say, again, your support assets stay the same, except for you now have two mortar slots, because you have the 60mm mortars as one slot and the 81mm as the other. And the rifle platoons are, you know, they, they are big platoons with lots of options to put machine guns in, HMGs and bazook- extra bazookas. A lot of gliders, basically. Um, I, I, I've always liked Rifle Company. You, you can do a lot with it. It's got a lot of firepower. More so now than mid-war, I'll say we have the extra bazookas in, which always handy. You can also add 105 Shermans. Yes, instead of can instead of camp platoon. Oh, I love them. I do love the 105 Shermans. Yeah, it's a um, rare fire wand, but if you hit an, if you hit a gun team, he's got to re-roll its firepower checks. Um, mm. Brutal, sorry, got to re-roll saves. Well, we'll go we'll go with them when we get to them, but they are. I, I, yeah, I, I rate them as an as an asset, definitely. I mean, it gives you something mobile as well. In essentially, what what quintessentially is a infantry force or mobile, more mobile. Yeah. Without going out, and it's still in formation, which is yeah brilliant. Again, it's but, it's a very self-contained formation. Apart from that, it hasn't got really recce because you don't have the jeeps for some weird reason. But that's a massive unit. If you take all of that, it's like what yeah, nine? You get a break. <laughs> no. You've really you got, you got two six-pounder platoons, so that's always going to be really good for the anti-tank role. Yeah. I mean, I know defence isn't really in vogue in version 4, but if you wanted the defence, the rifle platoon is, the rifle company is definitely the one to do it with. They, they're, so they're still confident trained, but they've got the, the blood guts, yeah. blood and gut stuff, right? So they, they rally on threes from mm-hmm. pinning? Yep. Hmm. That's, that is really good. And they're really quite cheap. Yeah, I, I, I like achievements. I mean, we're gonna get onto the veterans next, but I, I like these guys. I think the points break really works for them. You get mm. compared to what you pay for the veteran guys. I mean, it's eight points for ten stands and a bazooka. I mean, that alone is that's problematic to get rid of. Yeah, so I mean, we're, I'm gonna cover it in one of the articles I'm writing for the release um, schedule. But you can easily have a decent sized tank formation alongside a decent sized rifle formation. With a hundred point force, so you think there's a legitimate, not a legitimate. That doesn't make that may sound like there wasn't before, but there's more of a, a decision to be made as whether they go armored rifles or rifles. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, don't get me wrong, armored rifles are still cool, but I think mm. I I think the rifles are definitely worth a look at, especially mm. with like say all those extra stuff you can put in there, which is basically the same as the old combat attachments are old. I think you're seeing there's what you used to, be able to do with combat attachments. Yeah, and I, I just love the, the cheap support platoons as well. Mm-hmm. Like the 60mm mortars, I mean, I know they've got quite a short range, but they're still a yeah. four-up firepower. They're still going to do some work because there's three of them. Yeah, you put, you, you've got two slots, so you could have them and the 81s for doing the um, smoke bombardment. Yeah, and you're not really giving up too much for doing that. Yeah. Mm, that's really interesting, actually. It's something I'm going to play amazing. around with, because I've got all these figures for a rifle platoon on. Might as well use it. <laughs> yeah, the 105s are bonkers as well, aren't they? Six for the, the points that you're paying for them. Yeah. 
They've got a shorter range than the Mora 5. Obviously, no gun shields, but if you yeah, dug but... in, that's when we'd come up. I mean, um, you say a shorter range, it's still... <laughs> it's still like... Oh, yeah, it's still at 56 inches. It's still going to cover most of a 6x4 table. <laughs> one, one corner might be a yeah. kill zone. That's about it. And it's still firepower free, so it's still got all the same hitting power. Yeah, that's pretty horrific. Plus, most of your core platoons are observers. That yeah. is... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good point, Eddie. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I kind of skipped over the rifle platoon. Well, that's the same with most most of the core. Like your assault back sections, they're observers. Uh, your ranger company platoons, they're observers. You know, it's the state, the old, um, was it, used to be called Eisen? No, not Eisen, is. Oh, I know what you mean. Um, Improved communications or something, wasn't it? Yeah, the te- uh, not tank telephone. Yeah, everyone's better calling their own. But- Call in their own support with no modifier and call in divisional support with a plus one modifier. Yeah, but now, <laughs> now you're just observers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Um, okay, and Big Red One, which is Big basically Red the one. same, but veteran, but not quite veteran, which is where we get to a little thing. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. it is. So confident, trained, careful, but they do tactics roles in the three plus. That's interesting. It is interesting. So they're not true veterans. It's like quite quite a. So go with that again. Sorry, confident. They're confident, trained, trained careful. So yeah. careful is obviously a big improvement it's over aggressive. Yep. Yeah. But they're veteran when it comes to doing tactics roles, like you know, blitz and that kind of thing. Right, but not. They're trained for like um, hitting assaults, digging in that kind of thing. Um, so that, is, that is interesting. That's the first time I think I've. We've seen anything? No, that's not the first time we've seen anything like that. But that's certainly fairly unique as a mix-up. Yeah, like Americans, yeah. yeah. I guess it's to differentiate them from being like like the likes of the paratroops and the rangers and that kind of thing. But uh, I really like that. That's been thought. Someone's given that some di- definite thought, haven't they? Yeah, I like it. Apart from, I I think it makes me like the non-veterans better. Yes, the careful. The careful's really good. I mean, you. So you let me look at how much um, the non. A non-veteran assault boat section is. Uh, okay, Hold on, they don't get they don't get the blood and guts. Oh no, we don't because obviously they're a bit more wary. That's the thing. Oh, I like that even better. I've only just clocked that. Ooh. Yeah, they're still confident, but yeah, you don't, you don't rally on the three plus. So you're, you're trading being better at not being hit. Yeah. This and is so armoured from from my Overlord book all over again. Yeah, I like it. I really like it. That's that. Uh, someone's given that some serious consideration, and I yeah. appreciate that. Are you looking at basically no. like a, a three point delta between not being assault, uh, not being veteran, and being veteran, as it were. Yeah, so you got to weigh that up because I mean we've always said that careful is your best armour, isn't it? Yeah, really? not being not being best... hit is always going to be. It's better than making a save. Yeah. Yeah. But, but they're not because... better. Yeah, when you come to like doing a beach landing, you're going to get hit. So you might as well have more guys. Well, not only that, you're also not going to pinned. You're going to exactly get off the yeah. beach. Correct. It is right. Yeah. So I think oh, it makes like it trade ninth. It's good because, like you say, it's not an easy choice to make. I think I leaned towards trade ninth, but that's only my opinion. Other people will differ. I think it's not a no-brainer, which is really nice. I always like it when it's not a no-brainer decision. 
What I like as well that um, that skill thing on tactics only. So you've got the, the follow me's or something like that to give them some extra speed where they can. Well, that's motivation. Yeah. Blitz and. Um, oh, sorry, not. Blitz and scoot and dig in. Yeah, so yeah, that's true. Dig in is a, is a tactics role. So actually, they would do it on the Blitz, scoot. Oh, you're right. My, yeah, motivation's the other one, isn't it? The follow yeah. me. Yeah. So they're better at blitzing. Blitzing and scooting. scooting. Yeah. So that's the fire and move tactics. Okay. All right, yeah, I see that. But they're no better at calling in fire or fighting the salts. That is very, that is very interesting. Yeah. But you're right; they are significantly more points. But I guess most of that's probably dumped into that careful stat. Yeah. I would guess. Um, hmm. like I said, I'm, I'm I'm really curious to see if it's enough to outweigh. So. Yeah. Do you do you and the extra troops you gain through being cheaper do you lose by being hit it's a it's a really interesting a math problem there to sort of solve out mm, and again cool. and then you get to like say you then have the um veteran version of the rifle formation as well so all the same assets but again with this whole confident trained careful tactics three plus i i like that you're right talking through everything there that's more of a coin toss now. I don't, I don't know which way I'd go. Play both and see how it works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah precisely, yeah. I mean, used to be the case, you'd always go for the veterans and not do trained, but mm. I, I think now it's it's more of a more of a discussion point. I like that. I always like it when things happen. Well, like you said, they, they, there's the, they've been mucking around with that, um, the different ratings for stuff for a while after everything started off a very static, flat, um, stat line. Yeah. It's obviously the, almost a culmination of all that now. That's that's definitely giving me some room for thought. I think. I mean, so it's th- three points extra. That's quite. It's quite. A on, on, on the infantry, I think on, on the guns, it's slightly less. You don't, you don't get as much value from being careful as you do a detriment from. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Break out. Yeah, so that's what you've got to take the beaches. Yep. After you've succeeded in doing that, you've then got to take the rest of France. Mm-hmm. And I get my, fra- my my one of my favourite ever armour divisions, the third spearhead. Yeah. And so this is Operation Cobra, basically, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Yep. So. Break out to Brest, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Brest. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. So. M4 Sherman Tank Company. Oh. Yep. Again, I like the way this has been constructed. The actual what you can take in a platoon and how you can take it. So yeah, so it's, it's pretty much the same Sherman formation as, as always. HQ, uh, two between 75, so two and 76, and then mortars and assault guns. But one neat thing is you can also have a Stuart platoon as one of your compulsory choices, which helps help helps with the points sometimes. That's that's always handy. Uh, yeah, these guys, these Stuarts are just they're just you know tanks, aren't they? They're not scouts. not re- they're not recce like British ones. No, they're just a light tank. Right. And it, uh, it still has a use. You, can, you know, you front a front of a flank. You no, know, use that use that dash speed to get from cover to cover. And then pounce behind the um, guns and that kind of thing. First country dash of 24, not bad. Exactly. It's, it's, it, that Cadillac kind of like engine's good use because it's the M5. <laughs> the 37 pop gun is still, you know, you don't expect too much if you can try, try to take a tank with it, but it's still firepower 415 with guns and that kind of thing. So That's why you have 76mm Shermans. 
Yeah, it's precisely. It's got all the machine guns in the world, hasn't it? Yeah, it's a great it's little infantry yeah. mower, the M5. Oh, the M- yeah, the M5. Running around going, no, you're in the open, are you? Well, tactical <laughs> B12. And you just hear the sound of 30 cows cocking. Mm-hmm. I mean, so the M4s themselves, I mean, they're confident, trained, aggressive. They have blood and guts, so the last stand is 3+. plus. So those platoons will fight on until they are. Yeah. They literally battered up. And they've got smoke, they've got stable light. It's basically the same as a mid-war Sherman. Then you've got the 76mm Sherman, and that has, that has <laughs> for a start, you've got remount 3+, because it's got protect ammo. Yep. You've got an extra front armour 7, because it's got that nice new um, shot trapless um, front plate. You've got still got a stabiliser. Yep, but no HD. But no smoke and no HE, because... Mm. Now, that's not to say it's no HE. I think people getting on the Facebook earlier were getting too up on it being no HE. It's one of those rules that could have done with a better name. Poor HE. Yeah, the 76 mm it had, it had a HE round, but it wasn't as good as the 75. So that's why they kept making and kept using the 75 millimeter, especially when the Germans started running out of tanks and all they're facing is like schoolboys with Panzerfaust. The HE round's definitely going to be more useful. And if you've got a rubbish one, then you're not as much used to say the, the 75, which is still knocking around. Yeah. So you're basically your 76s are going to be very much dealing with the tanks, and your 75s are going to be very much dealing with the guns and infantry that are going to be threatening the 76s. Yeah, you, you can only take the one platoon as well, can't you? In each each yeah, company, they are literally coming fresh off the boats. Yep. So you've got to be very careful with them because they are they're quite well. They're not quite expensive. They're they're still I think they're still relatively cheap. Reasonably yeah, points, but yeah, you've got what be... they are. They actually the points are pretty much spot on. I think I, no. I, I think I like the fact they got no HE because it always became a no-brainer in late war. Yep. People would take a 76 because there's no reason not to take a 76. Yeah. Now, there's a reason to take a 75 to back up the 76. You definitely, still want, you definitely still want your platoon of 76s, but yeah, you get... home without it. But you, don't, but you, don't, you don't want to leave home without a platoon of 75s as well. No, because that, that no HE in combined with stabilisers... Because you don't you don't get a choice, do you, about using the stabiliser or not? You have to yeah. use it. So if you're moving and you're trying to find a target, an anti-tank gun, which I imagine the Germans will have a plethora of them, um, you're going to be like sevens to hit probably. Yeah. At you least. Use machine guns at that point, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's definitely something to consider. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I like having no um, decisions that aren't no-brainers, and that's... Uh, Absolutely. And weighing up your weighing up your seventy five, seventy six balance is going to be a big thing for American armor. Well, the other thing is that the seventy five is still a reasonably good weapon for taking out the Panzer four. It's not guaranteed by any stretch yeah. of the imagination, but it's not. I mean, the seventy five is not a bad gun. No. The problem is you start the problem you have is you start facing more the super tanks as it were, and that's where it does yeah. stuff. But you know, you still stabilise. You still get on the, on the side of most of these tanks. They're still, you, you, that will still get through them, to decreasing odds uh, of getting through. But it will still do it on. on the pitch. Yeah, the, the Panther Five on the on the side is just going to get ruined still by an eighty ten shot. So, and they got two rounds of them. Yeah. Well, they got smoke. So you have your seventy fives from the front firing smoke to harass these things. You send your seventy sixes at high yeah. the flank. Scooting around. Yep. Or you're facing massed um, Panzer 4s, you flip, flip it, you have the 76 is static, firing at long range and using their front armor 7 protecting versus the, the, yeah. the 75 
And you send your um, your second five shams in the flank to go and hit them on the side. So, so it's, it's really cool. I think there's a, you can do some good, you know, some really good combined tactics with these two tanks. Yep. And then we get to the um, 105 assault gun platoon, which yep. I think is I've always loved these, but the these rules are just bananas now. I think I think these are brilliant. I mean, yeah, it's got the whole brutal brilliant. thing. It's well, you're, you're confident, trained, aggressive, still, still same yep. stats. You've still you've got the better front <laughs> armor, so you've got armor seven and a better remap from the actual better you know, storage racks. Yep. That thing, yep. Exactly, but then you've got the option to direct fire, indirect fire. Mm-hmm. You've got the brutal on the direct fire. It's still eighty nine. The indirect fire is a three plus. Yep, and it's it's, it's a one of five at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. So you've got a mobile. Uh, so if you if you've got nothing else to do with them, if you've got four or six of them, because you can take six of them, which I think is it's stretching your points a bit, but it's still yeah. pretty cheap. It's excessive, yeah. But six of them are just going to ruin stuff. I mean, really, really. I I, I just think they're great. Yeah, let's try just try and remember how much a, like a 105 battery is comparing the price, but it's about half. Yeah, because normally that's about tow guns, but obviously you are getting a tank which can either fire artillery or it can drive up and literally shoot the building. Yep, can always uh, fire artillery every turn. It's not going to be pinned. Can't be yeah. pinned. It's still got the smoke bombardment on it as well, so you can still barrage it, um, which I think is brilliant. Yeah, but the AT9 as well, like again, it's not super high, but. It's you better than nothing. Yeah. We've got the Sherman speed, and it's a two plus um, firepower. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's great I, to get those ones at your dice. Yeah, <laughs> fishing for ones. But I mean, for me, I, I just think having that unit in formation as well, mm-hmm. whereas your priests are going to be obviously support options. Yeah. I think you take the Shermans all day, every day, and twice on Sunday because um, they're in formation. You take the eighty-one millimeter armored mortar platoon. I think take it as well. Why wouldn't you? As well. Well, it's, I, it's I, I, Doug, How many points are playing here? <laughs> I know, but the, the mortars are cheap, though. The mortars they are, cheap. are like a two-point platoon. Yeah, so you, I don't know where you, you leave home without them. I mean, they're the same in mid-war. When they're a little bit more expensive, you're like, yep, they're going in, and so are the T-13s, or T-33. One thing to note, though, is the 105 Shermans don't have time on target. That is true. That is true. And your Sherman tank platoons... Are not observers. Ah, I hadn't noticed that. No, you're right. Actually, I'm looking at you're quite correct. No, so it's the, H- the HQ. Yeah. Well, the HQ gets it because it's HQ. Oh, of course, he gets it by nature, doesn't he? Core rules. Yeah. But yeah, you you. So you're probably looking at taking an observer at that point, I guess, as well. Because yeah, but then it. it's more. It, you need it, but then also that becomes. Um, yeah, it's a more of a tax, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. I I think they're great. I think four four is awesome. But yeah, I, I think I appreciate what you're saying as well. I like the idea. Limit. Pair, I like the idea of having a pair of them. Just give a, just give a nice in platoon fire support option as a really yeah. cheap. Yeah, it's traveling through a town. Yeah, if I if I you know, if I got like something holding me up like a pan, a bunch of Panzer fouls, Panzer treks, I can just call forward these two, pop them off. They got the armor seven to protect them versus the return fire. Yeah, miss miss every shot and then wonder why you did it. Yeah. But even if you've got two yeah. of them, they're always going to have something to do as well because they've got that 48 inch artillery barrage on a three plus. Yeah. As long as you've got something to call it in, or you start with one of those missions where you put your. You've done that to me, Eddie, haven't you? Put your ranging mark on an objective. Yeah. And then, you know, you can just trick two around until something crawls up on top of it and blow it to kingdom come. 
they're going to do some work. They're, they're going to be useful, I think. In the same way that the, the uh, next entry is as well, like I said, the M5 Stewarts. Yeah, I'm I'm less sold on the, on the M5 Stewart formation. I must admit, I like the idea of having a platoon of Stewarts. Platoon, yeah. But they do have the greatest tank ever, the M8 Scott. Great Scott, yeah. I I I love that thing. It just looks so cool. It's a cool little fire support option, that's for sure. So have these M5s, the M5s have changed slightly from the M3 of mid-war, haven't they? Yeah, so the M3 had original uh, right engine, I think it was, and, the, and obviously that very that very um, steppy front plate. The M5 goes to um, a Chrysler engine, so it has a, a step up the back, and it, but it also has a much better shaped hole, as it were, for better shaping, which gives it the front armor 4. Oh. Turret's the same. Yeah, four's useful. Four is the same. Yeah, so the turret is the same as on their um, later M3s, and obviously we do you get, do get a later M3 that has the same sort of hole shaping as well, but the original engine. Um, that's what the Brits would call a Stuart Five, and the M5 would be a Stuart Six for those who go out car right. parts. Because that's not confusing at all. Yeah, exactly. I like, to say, I, like, I like the Stuart. I'm just not as sold on it as a formation. But you do, you can have a Sherman platoon. You can have the Sherman 105, bizarrely, instead of the Scott. Yeah. Um, I feel I'd just rather have a Stuart platoon supporting the Shermans than the other way around. But they're not cheap. If you wanted a cheap second pl- formation, if you'd sunk a load of points into, I don't know, six yep. 105s in your Sherman platoon. <laughs> I mean, who do, as a company, who do that? I mean, the smallest size Sherman company you can have is what four, 12, 14 points, something like that. Yeah, it's it's witty, but um, you tuck it away or somewhere. And... You could have it, you know, uh, M5 Stuart can be racing to relieve some paratroopers or gliders. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's some great thematic stuff you could do. Yeah, if you look at the thematic stuff, there's lots of really Stuart Company. I think just in terms of like a, a pickup game, I'm going to take down some club. Yeah. Mm. I'll probably go Sherman's over Stuarts. You need more burning wreckage markers. <laughs> yeah. yeah this, this, is, this is mid-war. I don't think the um, light tank horde of old is going to be quite as viable. Now now the Germans are sporting Panzerfaust and Panzerstrix. Yeah, now, now every German in the world's got a Panzerfaust. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. armour rifles then. The old favourite. The Super 6. Yeah. So they're as huge as they ever were. Yeah, there's not much different really about them, is there? Oh, they really? are same as mid-war in terms of layout. They just get the advantage of having their um, 57mm in their tank platoons rather than the 37. They and even get a tow, they even have an M5 tow for it as well, built in formation, which is interesting. Yeah, like absolutely. three 50 cal um, half-tracks go with them for a bit of point defence oh, yeah. for infantry. The, um, the platoons themselves now are quite... They're, they're, I know they're massive and they've got everything, but they are quite eye-wateringly expensive. They, yeah, I mean, they always have been, especially in size. Yeah. Yeah. So they do have huge. everything. The yeah, with the, yeah. With the five bazooka teams, I mean, it's just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that alone, you just think, right, well, no one's going near them if they were in an armoured vehicle. Yeah. I, Not I, if you've got something I, really I, punchy. They... Armoured rifles I always find one of those great platoons to take as a support platoon for the rest of the army. It has a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. and it can do multiple jobs. If you want it to hold ground, well, five bazookas and a, and a pair of LMGs, you're going to hold ground. You, if you want to assault, 
Well, you've got a base of fire for those six teams of the bazookas away in take round. It's it's a really nice little support for me. Didn't they used to have the little um, thirty seven tow thirty seven? Yeah, used to have used to have it as an option for, um, okay. um, in the old version three days. It used to be an option instead of bazooka in the HQ. Um, right. So that's, um, that's, in version yeah. four, it's gone. They basically put them into a weapon platoon, effectively. That's fine. So they get still get the blood guts and rally. So they yep. also. So that's the pin, isn't it? That's not the last hand. Correct. So they, yes. They're going to keep moving. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So they have a really nice assault force. Yeah, it does. It's just so huge. I mean, trying to chop yep. out was it fourteen, fifteen stands, three plus infantry is going to be. Well, well, no, it's not. That's the thing, though, with E4, isn't it? You don't have to kill them. You don't have to break them. You just have to push them off the objective. No, that's not, uh, yeah, granted. Which, yeah, yeah, but... yeah, granted, you've got to try and, you know, get into the assault, <laughs> which is not going to be easy. However, no, people too just get a bit of depth to it as well. It's not going to be yeah. like it's a few guys. It's... But that's then also cool. depends on, you know, on the terrain and layout and whether it can get into one end of them. The bazookas don't have sight or that kind of thing. Or you just machine gun the snot out at close range and mm. then can't swap the hits. But I mean, they're, they're also, like you said, as a force, they're fairly self-contained as well because you can take the the towed or untowed 57s, can't you, as well? Which, are, you know, we've established they're pretty pretty useful. Your MG platoon and then the armoured mortars still. So they've got everything they really need integrally to them, but I think you're just going to run out of points, aren't you? It's going to be yeah. your core formation by itself, and and you're going to that's going to be a lot, really, isn't it? And then you can also take the M8 Scott. Yeah, it look at those. Be... Look at those. It's got it's a fair eight. range of it, sixty-four inches. Jeez. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the same as a seventy-five millimeter packhouse because it literally was a seventy-five millimeter packhouse. Oh, is that what the gun is? Yeah. This is so cool, sense. and they're so cheap. So cheap. Yeah, it's it's a great little fire support option. Mm. I don't know. The eight one millimeter mortars are cheaper. point for point better yet. And okay, they're not as cool, but they are pretty nifty for what you're paying for them. Yeah. Again, although I think for seven points for both of them, just take um, <laughs> you're just turning into an art- artillery man. Well, no, but I think the the thing with the Americans that I noticed in playing the mid-war games is they had access to mul- multiple barrages. And that was actually a real, a bit of an eye-opener being a German, because obviously most of the time we had one. Yeah. Um, if you were lucky, you got two, one being a, a decent one and one being half a mortar type thing. But the Americans seem to be able to do it en masse. And I think against the stuff you're going to be facing on, or potentially on the German side where it's largely infantry based and a lot of the stuff is static gun teams just having two barrages is going to be really super handy especially like those are both what four up ones yeah both my four up barrages so yeah that's uh that's going to be helpful digging out anything and like like we've said in before always is you can't sit under a barrage and ignore it anymore yeah it will dig you out it's just a matter of time so i mean i think that that they're, they're both got smoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they both got smoke. Um, and they're both armoured, so to your point, Eddie, they're always going to be firing. Yeah. There's no pin down. 
I, I, I like that. Yeah, I mean, I hate one more mortars. I mean, I, I think you take them. You just take them. If they're an option, you, you, you sling them in there because they're just so good. And the Scott you take if you've got a few extra points left over. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you don't want to take anything like the 105s or something static. Yeah. Um, okay. So if you, uh, the other thing I, I did like about this was the 68, the Operation Cobra map, where you got all the opposition and, and everything that happened with the carpet bombing and, and the breakout, yeah. the actual breakout. I thought it was well laid out because it is very... Mm, it's just as chaotic, I guess, as some of the other battles on the... Well, especially when, you, when you're only aircraft bombing, that's always going to be a very, a very bad start <laughs> to an operation, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Don't get better, really. <laughs> no. No, not really at all. But you can just see how thinly held that area was by the Germans. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh... I mean, as we're saying, you... the Germans have the problem with trying to get the res... you know, reserves over to this area because, like I say, mm. your main rail bridgehead of Khan is basically besieged by the Brits... And so you're having to go take a long way around to get reserves in. It's just like say, what you basically had whatever was there already, kind of thing, to a certain extent. Yeah. And like I say, it worked because once they once they got through that, they you know the, the collapse was pretty quick in terms of getting to the fortress cities like Brest and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So veterans. then after this, yeah, the veterans. Now this, I see again. This is nice. The the option you have to have the more I, I, yeah, like I said, almost the, the better troop types versus the more troops. It's like, the same as it was with the rifles. So basically, yeah. you're confident, careful, but you're trained, but with better tactics. Yes. So you're losing that 3 plus last stand or 3 plus rally, depending if you're armor or infantry, but you gain that tactics thing. Which I and think. And with the tanks, it, you really it's, worth, it's worth considering with, with the tanks more so than the infantry, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But obviously, it does it, it do make the tanks really expensive really quickly? It's um. But shoot and scoot and or or, or blitz on those seventy six mil guns, yeah. or even the seventy fives is going to be and that four plus as well. Four plus not being hit because, like I say, no matter what armor your tank is, not being hit is always the best armor. So yeah, yeah. It's it, I think if you're going to have if your army is just going to be a formation of tanks, the veteran one gets really good to consider. How, if you want, if you want a support formation, you probably want to go with the train guys. What's the delta on the points? Is it? It's about. I uh, was looking at um, three, three seven seventy fives. Yeah. Ten points is trained. Thirteen points is veteran. So it's a point of tank. A point of tank, basically. Ish. Ish. And actually, looks like that doesn't quite level out as you go up. No. So but, it's uh, some funny maths going on, but yeah. So. But that's definitely worth considering. I mean, it will start racking up across your force. It does mean that five, but... five seventy sixes are twenty eight points. So it's, <laughs> it's very expensive platoon. <laughs> well, that's interesting as well. Actually, is that true of the regular stuff? Uh... Well, I mean, yeah. uh, the trade one oh, yeah, okay. is in the twenties, but I think it's a low twenties rather than high twenties. Yeah, that that I don't think you're taking five of them very often, are you? That's going to be way too many points. Mm. But they are so good. Yeah. Uh, I, say, I, think, I think the veteran Sherman the veteran Sherman company has definitely got some merit as, as a core force. Mm. I, um, that, that, the veteran armoured rifles, I think it's more of a toss-up. I think the same arguments for rifles only applies. That's just true. Uh, it's probably you want to be careful. <laughs> so, yeah. I, mean, I don't think you... T- well, I, I, I'm, yeah. Theme? I get it. Yeah. 
I mean, let's say if you're playing second, you know, for second, you come from Africa and Italy, that kind of thing. Where it makes sense. Yeah. But I'm not sure how many veterans do it <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's a very life, low, low life expectancy job, I imagine. So, again, the armoured rifles, they get the the better tactics. Yeah. But they lose the... 3 plus rally. Mm. So they're better at holding, probably better at holding ground, but less of an assault force. Better at holding ground. Because you're, because you're careful, so you, I mean, say you're hardly hit, kind of thing. Yeah, but you're pinned down. You're going to be yes, pinned down. that's true, that's true. But mm. you, you see a lot of the American stuff, it's a matter too much if you are pinned. Well, actually, hold on. Look at the veteran M3 half track. Is that always been the case? Is, is that the same on the other ones? Oh, that's the sorry, that's the um, transport platoon. I was going to say it's reluctant all of a sudden. Oh my god! Yeah, I think all uh, transports are. Yes, the transport platoon. I had a moment there. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I thought that was the rifle platoon I was looking at, but no. Yeah. Okay. So again, so again, like I say I think we get back to the thing where, like, say, going for veterans is not the no-brainer choice it used to be. There's no. definitely a consideration of being having for trained. Well, the veteran guys. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah. Like I say, I, I, it's nice it's not one or the other. You know, there's still a very good case for being veteran. There's still a very good case for not being veteran. Well, that's not... Your play style will largely dictate which way you go, I think, on that. Yeah, that's a that's an argument over a pint, isn't it, in the uh, bar after <laughs> after the yeah. tournament? Or, so, or somebody, somebody on the internet is going to painstakingly gather all the results and do a map of the section of which one is better. Uh, not it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we get to the last unique formation, I think, in the book. Yeah. Which is M10 Tank Destroyer Company. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. That is... I think the biggest <sighs> biggest sell is the M10, is pretty simple, was from Midwar. We get the yeah. M20, which looks pretty cool. That's the M20 new... is cool. Pretty badass. Yeah, it's a new plastic kit, so sorry, normally miniatures. That's not going to be a great investment for you. Um... <laughs> Um, so it was, it's pretty much the same layout. So you got the HQ, rather being half tra- um, the M5, just now the M10, mm-hmm. um, little M20 scout cars. You got three platoons of tank destroyers and matching three security sections. And the security sections are the scout car plus a 50 cal jeep. I think these be um, these be white scout cars, didn't they? So the M20 is definitely yeah. better than white scout car. In the the um, faster, better cross, better armor. Same five. So they're all the M- hit on fours. I say all yep. the M10s are ca- careful. Yep. Yeah, well, that's uh, brilliant. Were they? Were they not in the? No, oh, okay. I don't think they were. I believe there's a command card which makes them veteran in terms of skill. We'll also, we cover that next one. Mm. I vaguely recall seeing one for the tank destroyer company. But otherwise, yeah, they're careful off the bat, even if they're the trained version. That's cool. And again, they've standardised, whereas in the mid-war, so you can have two, three, or four. They've just standardised on the two, two or four, four now. So you've got a binary choice of how big your platoon is. Well, I think because they're slightly cheaper now, the mid-war, it's easier to do that for two and four mix. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. yeah. They're still quite pricey, but I mean, that's that's understandable considering they're toting around the three-inch gun, so... I saw that yeah. nice front up five they got in mm. version four, which is quite well, handy. I mean, for... now, now there's, you know, they've got the same AT as the 76 mil Sherman, so. Yeah. It's not too, too not, it's not too pricing, considering that your security sections as well are going to be quite cheap and core yeah. formation troops. Hmm. They, give you a, they give you a spearhead as well, which gets him in position, that kind of thing. 
And I really like how the technical is working, version four. It's the best we got so far. And it's actually reflecting how they work, how they, all the weird t- teleport shenanigans, the previous yeah. versions. Did, did you see that on the M20s, though? They're all observers. Yeah. That's really cool. And really, yeah, because obviously the tank yeah, destroyers themselves real. aren't. No, it's just, I think that's a, a brilliant little thing of having these three little sections running around going, well, actually, I can see everything now. Yeah. <laughs> I can see clearly now. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was the unarmored save for a Jeep? Uh, uh, four plus. Four, four plus. plus. Okay. Yeah, so that's stayed that's the same. Yeah. Um, but I said the M20's got a bit more armor than the White Scout car used to. It's two for armor two, whereas the White Scout car was one. one, one. It used to be That's one cool. zero zero. Now it's two one zero. Right. So support units quickly round out this podcast. Yep. Um, so M8s. I love M8s, and we find greyhounds. Yeah. And we have two M20. versions of it. Yes, yeah, so there's two versions of this particular. You've got their, um, the heavy tank division version which has two greyhounds per unit and then the light tank divisions which have one greyhound per unit and the, the light heavy things are largely doesn't matter they all had shermans and and stewards in the same numbers but it, it the cavalry bits it seems to matter mm. but yeah so They're greyhounds probably the same aren't they what's that well the as in the 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 recon patrols the Broadly similar as midwives, just that you've got the re- greyhounds in there now. Which exactly, are... yeah. The greyhound is so much better than the white scout car. Because um, yep. it's got that 37 millimeter straight away and a 50 cal. Yep. You've got that better armor, better mobility. It's crossing on a four. It's tactical 10. Yep. Um, and veterans as well, confident, veteran, careful. So, you know, they're going to be really good at calling in fire because observers. They're going to be great at doing all the shooting and scooting, seeing so pop out, fire a few shots, pull back. You still got your 60 mil Jeep. You still got your um, light MG Jeep as well. They can't. They can't. Uh, what you mean? Um, they can hide, shoot, and then run away. Yeah, so they can hide, use a scout for one turn, and next turn fire, and then pull back from the linear terrain or yeah. something so they're out of sight. Yeah, so you have to, you have to take at least a turn's worth of risk. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so I, I like them. Like I say, we'll get onto it next month. There's a card for um, using them as an actual formation. Just cool. And some three-inch tank destroyer platoons. Yeah. Yeah. So I've never been a huge fan of the three-inch tank destroyer. I always think, well, visually, I prefer to have the tank destroyers themselves. But it's a good gun. It's relatively relatively cheap compared to tank destroyers. It's careful, so it's going to get sight. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a static gun. It's, it's not huge much to say about it. I, I think it's quite. I know why it's the points it is, but it does feel like you're, you're sinking a lot of points into two guns, of which one will die and the other one will probably run off. Well, you could have just like um, two or three six pounders. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, it might be interesting to see if we if we get like. Um, a more tank destroyer formation later in the war. Like I said, we get to our dens where they were used a bit more mass. Yeah, like a blocking force almost. Uh, it's good to see them in as an option. I'm just mm-hmm. not sure it's an option. I'm probably going to be taking it a lot. A lot. But it annoys me. It says, um, we get the one mention the M18 in the entire book here. Says, Why have I liked the mobility of the M10 or M18? It's like, oh! <laughs> we, have to wait. We, have to, we have to wait for the M18. Oh. 
I'm looking forward. I hope we get a plastic kit first. I'm ready for it. That'd be, I'll be get a plastic kit. If we get yeah. a plastic kit, the work the weight will be worthwhile. I'll come back and do task force alpha later. <laughs> um, what and priests, pretty much as is. The big addition for artillery is the M12. Yes. So a separate 155 gives, gives the Allies their first heavy artillery. Um, yeah, so big range, big firepower. Um, eight tank freeze so it's not going to bust tanks as no. often. But that's not really its job. Its job is there to dig things out. Its job. its job is for it to blitz on a 3+, plus and then direct fire at stuff in 24 inches. <laughs> oh, my God. Bunker <laughs> busting, yeah. I, I must admit, because I'm doing 29th, um, in the sort of the Brittany campaign, I do kind of want to get a, a platoon of these because they were used bunker busting that campaign. Do do you? <coughs> it's only two points more expensive for a, a full battery than the one hundred and fives. Oh, I know, you're right. Actually, yeah. That's interesting. I find that problematic. Confident veteran aggressive. They're both confident veteran aggressive. Yeah, it's, 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 um... zero. Yeah, but it's armor. That's the point. Because you can't pin it. Yeah. So it could be armor minus one for all I care. It's just the fact that it is armor. I mean, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, the one of could be dug in, so it'd be four plus save and firepower. That'd be zeros and firepower. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Because the, the the that artillery barrage is a is a bit more effective as well, isn't it? With a two plus indirect, you're going to murder stuff underneath a repeat barrage, aren't you? No smoke. No smoke. Oh, okay, no smoke. Okay. It's quite handy having spoke. Um, Actually, it's quite interesting looking at those three options for the artillery. You've got the standard 105s, you've got the priests and the the M12s. And they all do something slightly different. Yeah. Yeah. I think the priests priests is still at good default because you've got three of them for eight. No, three of them for right. eight points. Yeah. So you've got the minimum size to have an effective bombardment at a relatively cheap cost to do that. Everything mm-hmm. else you have, to pay, you have to spend more to get a, a four gun battery. Exactly. Yeah. So I think the pre and the nice thing about America is you've got 12 artillery slots now. You can just... <laughs> sorry, you've got three artillery slots, so you can just have a mix of matches. One of each. Yeah. And while we're on artillery, the AOP. Yes. Woo! So our little, our little Piper Cub is back. Yep. L4 Grasshopper. <laughs> now, so we, we, we kind of touched upon it earlier, but this guy's only turning up three out of... Well, two out of every three turns. He is an aircraft. So you call yeah. it, calling in, same as always. So this doesn't prohibit you calling other aircraft in, right? So you can Correct. call whatever airport you got in as well. But that does mean that if you're really banking on him turning up at to spot for your big artillery park, it's not that reliable, really. Is it a three-up? Yeah, it's yeah, a three-up rather it's than slightly, four. Slightly better than normal aircraft. Yeah. But, but it's still one of those things where you know it's going to absolutely kick you right in the cobblers right, right when you need it. Because there'll be no that one else said, to spot. Because the Americans have lots of observers anyway. Yeah. It's just handy to have this guy for getting to the places you can't see. Yes. And but, also, he is a cheaper observer than the actual Sherman. Obviously, he's not reliable. Yeah. He, in, he has to get closer to do it. I, I like the option there because two points is still an investment. It's the yeah. same as the mid-war investment. They've, they've not really changed that. And I like the fact that there is, you know, it's not, what was it like before, like 35 points or something? It was like, of course I'll have one. What, why would I not? Now, he's not going to turn up potentially some of the time. He can still be shot down. And once he's shot down, he is gone. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So you do have to play a bit more conservatively with him because you know, it gives the reason that the Germans to actually shoot him. Yeah. And if you've got any of those little twenty mil flat wagons knocking around or anything like that, you know, that's kind of what they're there for. They're not going to take down the big the big bads necessarily. But I, I like the fact that I'm glad he's there because we were talking about this a couple of podcasts back, weren't we, about random speculation. Yeah. And uh I think it's pretty cool that they've made the point. Our prayers to Phil have been answered. Rejoice. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, it looks cool with the invasion stripes. I mean, yeah. what doesn't? Oh yeah, that's... I'm going to add that to mind. <laughs> I mean, you have you have got to choose because obviously they share the same slot between either having the L4 or the M M4 Sherman. Yeah. So you have got to have think. And obviously, the M4 is more expensive because it's a Sherman. Yeah. Um, but obviously, it's not going to come. It's always going to be there until the point in '88 blows it up. So interesting. The Sherman OP is right of far one halted or moving. Yeah. So, I suppose it still had the stabiliser, so yeah, I'm not sure actually. That's an interesting one. And actually, if you look as well, underneath the skill, it's 4 plus, apart from ranging, ranging which is 3 plus. That's cool, because it's, that's its job, so yeah. Correct. <laughs> but that is definitely the first time we've seen that in terms of a dedicated yeah. observer having a better um, observing role called out. Yeah. And I like, again, like that a lot. Um, last stand is pretty rubbish, and so is the counterattack, because. Funny enough. It's an observer. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. But again, it's nice that there's options. Mm-hmm. I mean, observers for the Americans are pretty much for your armoured formations. Yep. You know, if you're running infantry, you wouldn't necessarily... You might be tempted to take a grasshopper. I think Lee's right. You take you take a grasshopper if, if, if you've got points left and if you think there's somewhere on the board that you won't be able to necessarily see directly. Reach out and touch someone. Yeah. Reach out and touch base. Okay, last two units. AA stuff. More so, M's. More M's. M15 and M16 combined platoon. So you've got the quad 50 cows and the weird combo mount of an M37 meter with two 50 cows. Not, not an armor light. <laughs> <laughs> One time yeah. traveler with an M16. Goddamn, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, this over. So you've got no German aircraft, presumably, in the we air. Don't, we, we don't know. Yeah, it's, it's... We assume that it's broadly going to be not something you need to worry massively about. So these are your yeah, meat yeah, choppers. Yeah. yeah, but you don't want to be caught out, do you? No, but even, you know... With, but you've got so many 50 cows rolling. and everything else. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> the Americans are the, the Americans are the one force that probably can skip having... Uh, can skip lead game. And, mm. Uh, they're, they're cheap. They're cheap units. Um, they awesome. If you think met your you're going to run into the aircraft, it's worth having them. That's for sure. And then the P forty seven Lightning. Well, it's, it's a must have because who doesn't have <laughs> who doesn't love Thunderbolts? Yeah, I got that wrong, didn't I? I don't know yeah. planes. I can't even read properly. Apparently, you did so well. I, I, I'm <laughs> no. very proud of you. I missed that in the, in the intro. Uh, <laughs> but um, I say it's it's I. What do you say about it? It's it's you got take it. it's you got take fifty it. cows for yeah. You take it basically. It's saves in the three plus. I think that's stat pretty much standard for aircraft. Yeah. Yeah. It's but trained and skilled, so the bombs are a lot more reliable than the old days. Um, you got bombs and rockets as options. You have to yeah. choose buy it. They just have both, which is quite cool. Um, you got MGs as well. Yeah. So I th- I think... MGs for king in the open. Bombs are killing when they're in the ground. And rockets to go when you go tank hunting. It's range of twelve. Yeah. yeah. 
I think these they're so versatile that if you've got the points to include them, you do. Because they, they're really, you know, whatever you're going up against, they'll find a target. I think that's yeah. what always annoys me about the, the German Stuka is you have to pick one or the other. And it's good at doing one thing, whereas this is it's not great at killing tanks, but it can. Yeah, this is good. Drop its bombs. It's going to go shoot up some Stukas anyway, because that's just yeah. 47. It's just awesome. It's just going to rip them apart. Uh, and I love the model as well. It's just it's such, it's such big, beefy models. Does look cool. Did they have the invasion stripes? Just out of interest. They did. Um, more most on the undersides. I mean, they don't show the model on the picture, but they did have they did have stripes. Hmm. Cool. And that's that's the end of all of the unit choices and stuff, isn't it? And all the support sections. Yeah. We split this into two. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So absolutely. so glad we split into two. Oh yeah. That I mean, we're on page eighty-seven now to give you an idea of. <laughs> The yeah. weight of it. 87 I mean, of, just check in, da, 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 so 128. 128 pages. Is it because I was a weird thing with the PDF? Oh, no. It's, 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 it's no. not quite as many pages. Not, yeah. Well, no, that's now covering up the numbers. 100, 124 pages, by the looks of it. There you go. Right, click back cover. It's chunky. This is a proper book, isn't it? A proper book. Yeah. Not that the other ones weren't books in their own rights, but this this feels so much more than it's the whole thing. It's, yeah. it's what we're saying. Late war to succeed in three things. Get your buy list, a good starter set, and the army books, which are always Achilles heel, the early mid-war, yep. need to be right from the start. And this has it's... nailed it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the German-British books now. I really want to see what they do with it. I just love the fact you've got so many options. And there, there's very few that are head and shoulders above anything else. Yeah, and whereas there, there are a couple of missions, there are only a couple of missions. Whereas in mid-war, I felt aggrieved by a lack of stuff. Here, it's like, oh, we haven't got the M18s, but you know what? I don't really care that much. Yeah. There's so Especially much to play with. with. There's enough stuff to play with here. It's, yeah. it's well, another go- thing about people saying, oh, why why they... I saw a post that was saying, why they're dragging their heels about late war. And it's like, yeah. once you see this book, you understand. Because there's so many things you're going to want to play with from this book before you then move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Plus, there's so much this book, it must, you know, it's going to take time to play test that kind of thing. If they're going to do this, this is the book format. Yes, they are going to need for time to get the books set up and do it correctly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, especially if you're going through and like they have done, they've, they've taken the time to tweak those stats and to specifically tweak things on those stats, like yeah. the tactics, just the tactics being better. Or the rally being better, or the ranging yeah. being better, which is a great little. I said I had notes that once, a really great yeah. mechanics. But again, it's just stuff like that 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 makes these books, or will make these books, I think, head and shoulders above anything else. Yeah. And so, you, yeah, I think we've got to come some slack in terms of, yeah, it'd be great to have everything now, but if they're going to put this level of detail in, I think you've got to, you've got to give them the chance to do it. I mean, I'm not an American player by any stretch of the imagination yet, but this there's so much you can do with this book. I think there's something for everyone. The scary thing is, despite me not being an American player, I do apparently have, after buying um, <laughs> buying, Hit the Beach, buying, buying Hit the Beach and, and what, having the various parachute tunes from both Hit the, fire, uh, Hit the Beach and Open Fire, apparently I do have now four different lists. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, I shall, you'll be seeing various American lists for me over the next few months, I imagine. Well, site like hiatus paint titans. Shall we? Really do... 
Because he is green. <laughs> yeah, green and, and khaki. All right. White red titans, this was going to be just a really different. <laughs> Before I completely fall asleep. Events. Um, yep. Events. 29th of June, Battlefront Open Day at Nottingham. We'll be there. We'll be okay. there. So should you. The 6th and 7th of July, 2019, is Exercise Smash as in Toyment in Paul. Uh, it's a two-day event. Um, it's 109 points mid-war with all mid-war books and cars to be used and the combined force diagrams plus the unofficial units from the Battlefront website. Um, first day will be endeavoured to be kept red versus blue. Um and it'll be using the more missions. Uh, for that, go to the Entoyment Facebook uh, group and look at their events, and it's up on there. Uh, 20th and 21st of July is Attack Devices, 110 points mid-war with a red-blue swap. And the 11th of August is the Team Yankee Global Conflict uh, event in Oxford, uh, 75 points one day. So if you have any events that you want us to shout about, do let me know at fez at breakthroughassault.co.uk. Um, I might read it from spam. I might not, but hey, <laughs> just being honest there. And um, are we going to shoot the scoot guys? I am going to use one of my new dice from the, from the Hit the Beach stats. What? I know. We're going to see how good these dice are. Right. So, what stat are we? Are we going to go with the trained guys or veteran, ve- veterans with the better tactics? No, we're, 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 oh, veterans with better, uh, better tactics. Right, so three plus. Yeah, I think so. A four! Hooray! Oh, I wouldn't want it in either. It's like oh, a waste of points. Yeah, that's <laughs> a waste of points then. Yeah, so there you are. So we've categorically proved you need to get trained. Yep, that's it. 29th all the way, buddy. <laughs> Blue and greys. <laughs> well, there you are. Yeah, is that it? I'm, I'm going. It. I'm yeah, I think we're going to go there. So we're going to do another podcast relatively quickly, kind of the second section. Yes. Uh, so it's probably like um, like two weeks between episodes or something like that for for a one-off. But we will be back a lot quicker. We're spoiling you. Is that nice? Yeah, because there's a lot to talk about because they're big books. <laughs> the Armored Train Wreck of a podcast you've been listening to was Shoot and Scoot, the Flames of War podcast from the team at BreakthroughAssault.co.uk. It was brought to you by support from Battlefield Hobbies and the letters FUBAR. <laughs> I was also hoping at one day it'd be an episode which revealed actually she was a murderer all along. Like a really dark end. <laughs> like really just just reframing all these random people. <laughs> murder right here goes, oh, she's up Why are they always like tiny old people as well? Like Proro, Mike, Miss Marple. Like, if you're a murderer, the first thing you do is knock over the old person, surely. Just get the busybody out of the way. Yeah, break their hips. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Accidentally falling down the stairs again. Multiple times. Yep. Repeatedly tripped face first into this hammer.
And they, yeah, appear to have landed on this uh, axe handle. I don't know what that was doing at the bottom of the stairs, but, you know. Whew. All right, Captain Demarco. <laughs> Almost anxiety. S- sassy and demanding. Sassy and demanding. <laughs> He's gone full diva. <laughs> He's going to demand a rider next. God damn it, where are my blue M&Ms? 